Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yahoo Tournament Show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine uh, here with uh, Grant. Uh, Grant, I am uh, I'm a little puzzled today. This is a question I have today. I like Easter candy so much. It's you get the Starburst jelly beans, you get the Cadbury cream eggs. Why can't I buy this year round? I want my Cadbury eggs in October. I want my Starburst jelly beans in July. Why can't I do this? Uh, it's simple supply and demand. You increase the demand drastically during Easter time with supply being thin throughout the rest of the year. It just makes it a more opportune time to do things because they have essentially a lot of the same stuff or moderately close stuff throughout the year. There's, I can't get a Cadbury cream egg in July. That, that's pretty much the only one, but it just makes everyone buy so much more during Easter time. The best time to get them, though, is today. a week and a half. No, it's today. It's 50% off today. Well, it's going to be 70% off. And all the good stuff's gone. I've, I've done this many times, Grant. So all the good candy's gone at the end of today, and then the candy you don't want is still there 75% off a week from now. What you do is you go to trash places that don't get a whole lot of foot volume, <laughs> like Walgreens, like Rite Aid. People aren't going there for candy. They're going there for other things. So the candy is still left over there two weeks later. Um, yeah, I, uh, I got to hit up Walgreens uh, later today for some 50% off candy. But yeah, I want I want my Starburst jelly beans i want those year round and i definitely want my cadbury cream eggs for sure so what's uh what's your what's your go-to easter candy those are my two favorite i mean it's peeps and cadbury cream eggs like those two are just so good peeps i know there's a lot of trash talk about them but yeah, it's card, just all stl cards is not like your peeps love yeah i know he's he's an insane person very clearly because peeps are delicious i mean what i love marshmallows i love sugar all it is is sugar covered marshmallows Sounds good. Um, someone, Laritan, uh, Disney's got jelly beans. I, I'm going back to Disney next week, guys. So uh, you won't see me anywhere uh, on, on Roto Grinders next week. I'll be in uh, Disney for uh, for someone's birthdays. Uh, I, I do want to note if I had the horn, I would hit it. Uh, if you were planning on playing Chris Sale today, that is now no longer an option. So projected ownerships are going to have some pretty big swings. Uh, I was going to talk about them on Yahoo. Uh, I guess we can kind of transition into Yahoo in a second here. A uh, couple things I need to talk about uh, first. We're, we got some fun things going on at Roto Grinders. Uh, the first thing is it's Roto Grinders free premium week. So we're giving you a taste of our premium stuff. Uh, a couple different things uh, every day throughout the week. Today, if you're a you don't you know you don't have to be a premium member, but I believe you have to be a Roto Grinders member uh, somewhere. You know just to have an account. Uh, the premium filters, which are cool, you could get that kind of see. Hey. Uh, you know, this guy's uh, put this guy in his premium filters. That's someone you should key on today. And then the Tuttle tournament article, that is also free today. Coming up on Tuesday is probably your best overall slate article is going to be free. That's the Million Dollar Musings. And if you are a premium member, you should go read the Million Dollar Musings today because there are some, you know, I've been talking about the juiced ball since the start of the season and cheese kind of goes a little bit more in depth in it today. Uh, some really interesting uh, thought-provoking stuff he's put in there and how to approach uh, different game selections um, with kind of the increase in scoring we've we've seen in baseball. Wednesday, we're going to have Plate IQ. You can get some of Plate IQ for free, but a lot of the good stuff is behind the paywall, so we'll let you have that. Thursday, you get to play around with Roth's uh, creation, Weather Edge, uh, all the, uh, hey, there's a 30% increase in home runs in this ballpark when the wind's blowing out. 10 miles an hour and it's 70 degrees, things like that. If you want to play around with the weather edge tool and then Friday, um, what, uh, Cole Roth or not Cole, uh, not Roth. 
uh, Jamino, myself, a couple other people behind the scenes have put together a Slate IQ and projected ownership. So if you want to maybe try out some tournaments on Friday, you can kind of leverage all that stuff in your into your uh, you know lineups. But uh, the free premium week's pretty fun. Uh, go check it out. I believe Devin put a post. Uh, it's right in the Roto Grinders chat if you want to go check it out. But today you got Tuttle tournament article, and the premium filters are going to be free today. And then the other thing is if you've been playing the sharp side streak, uh, Grant, I got up to like four or five a couple of times, and then I kept Busto. Uh, I'm up to two. I got to get to three. I'm not going to catch the leader. So the leader, uh, let me see, guess guess the leader right now. The leader's only at eight. Uh, there's a couple at seven, a couple at six. Uh, these are attainable if you start like prop betting anything you can find uh, today to try to get onto this. Um, but I believe the uh, the prop bet streak, the second part ends today. And if you're the leader uh, in the streaks, you get $500 on FanDuel. Uh, what, what do you got today? I got one. I, I took uh, I took the Rockies to win today. They're like minus 120 or something like that. Your lock bet's got to be minus 140. Think the Rockies are going to win today? Um, I do think the Rockies are going to win today. They got the bear matchup. They're at home. Anderson has a ability to crush at home, but likely doesn't happen a lot of times. But I think they're the better team. I think they're in the better position. And they're, they're the guys that I'd probably go with. Although, honestly, I don't know if that's my lock bet of the day. What do you got for me? If, you, if someone's trying to climb the leaderboards quick, what do you got? Um, I'm going with, honestly, Baltimore is going to be – my White Sox today, uh, that lineup they have is not great. Hess is a guy that, like, everyone thinks so poorly of. It's a little of balls out and could end up costing me a whole Hess lot. Hess is money. actually in play for DFS today. Hess is actually <laughs> my favorite play in DFS, which is why I'm going to lose money today. Yeah, yeah you're definitely going to lose money. Um, but, yeah, uh, Grant, like you, so you like the Orioles to beat the White Sox straight up today? Yep. Yeah, it's over in Baltimore. Baltimore's been hitting pretty well. Manny making. Like, he hasn't had a whole lot of experience in the bigs. And I don't know what's going on with Baltimore lately, but they're just hitting the ball well. And the White Sox, with Jimenez being on the bereavement list and Delmonico in there, just have three or four decent batters, and that's pretty much it. And everyone has a high K rate. Hess is a big fly ball guy, and I know that they can put up runs and droves, but I think Baltimore is more likely one to win. And uh, don't forget the sharp side contest on May 2nd is the final one. If you have the longest active streak of any user, I believe Devin, you can confirm for me if you want to check on this during the show, if it's the longest active since we've been doing this uh, since April, or if it's the end of May 2nd, I would like to let the users know on that one. Um, you get a thousand dollar credit. So even if you haven't been playing along in the sharp side contest, you can still jump in there. Click the uh, the post in the in the Roto Grinders chat here and get started. Start swiping. Uh, it's got to be minus one forty or better to count as your lock bet. So you can't really take any huge favorites or anything like that. Um, but we're just giving away free FanDuel money, and I encourage you to start swiping on the Sharp Side app. Uh, all right, Grant. Uh, all the suit stuff. All the suit talk is done. Uh, you ready to talk some baseball tonight? Yeah, I guess it's a slate that I absolutely love and absolutely hate right now so well, I, I am kind of sad because i was i was full out fading chris sale so i was just gonna laugh at all the people that were gonna use him today he was a little less in play for me on yahoo you don't really have to work on that anymore uh he was the highest price pitcher on yahoo i know he was a, a little bit more appropriately priced on DraftKings, but i don't think i was gonna click that button today uh so a sale out of the picture i'm, I'm currently looking at, at musgrove to be my SP1 anchor of the day. He's 41 bucks on Yahoo. He's at home against Arizona. 
Uh, you pull up plate IQ. It looks pretty good. Uh, he's been pitching pretty well this year. Arizona has more than enough strikeouts. Uh, are you with me on Musgrove or you got someone else in mind? Yeah, Musgrove's the really the only safe guy that's in a decent matchup that actually has the stuff. I mean, like just breaking down pitching today, godly, it can end kind of poorly here, but he's pretty much the number two guy. Hess could end badly. Manny could end badly. Um, Chirinos might not go over five innings. He might not get to five innings. Keller is not in an easy match with not a huge amount of K upside. There's problems with the Mets game. Obviously, Coors pitchers are not really in play. Flaherty is going up against a lefty-heavy lineup here. Hauser doesn't really have any major league experience, and he's a bullpen guy. Odorizzi is going against a tough Astros team. Peacock is on a 90-pitch pitch count in all likelihood. Harvey's not good. Hap's been bad this year. Anderson, Helix, and Ari said are out. Bassett and Miner are Grant, in. we got to have pitching take up like 30 minutes of the show here. You're, you're just getting it over with too quick today. I'm just getting a super heavy overview to say that Musgrove's the only guy with a moderate amount of safety that Vegas agrees on. The numbers are there. The matchup is there. Musgrove's the only guy that pretty much checks off all the things you really need to check mm-hmm. off for a pitcher. Everyone else is like there's huge question marks. Yeah, I'm throwing him in the Yahoo build. Uh, again, you go over to Plate IQ. I can kind of see this year uh, on all the premium stuff, you know, the WOVA, uh, 168 to righties at 258 to lefties so far this year. Uh, more than enough strikeouts he's got all that in green and I see red this is just this year so the sample size is a little smaller but Arizona striking out plenty to righties here I just think uh, Musgrove the safest on the board Uh, you look at the weather it's 67 but there's no real wind I'm cool with that Uh, this lineup isn't too scary outside of David Peralta basically the only bat I'm concerned about if he can work his way around him I think he's in store for a pretty good game and his ownership is good with sale out of the picture now is going to go through the roof today in my opinion on basically all sites i think he's the clear sp1 today uh, and, and you would agree as well right yeah and which is why honestly a fade in tournament's not the worst idea in the world yeah let's uh we'll have to see uh, on slate iq uh i'm gonna pull up slate iq if jamino if you're watching if you want to update slate iq i could bring it onto the screen and we could uh maybe we can talk about at least for for DraftKings. Uh, what's going to happen? Because Sale was projected to be the highest owned pitcher uh, over there, and uh, Slate IQ has not been updated yet. So if Slate IQ updates, uh, I will bring it over to the screen, and we can kind of discuss where the ownership's going to go. Because uh, over there, he was somewhere between 40 and 50%, and now the pitching ownership is going to really get spread around. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over there. Um, SP2... I think there's a couple ways to go, Grant. Um, I want your thoughts first because I don't think any play is per every other pitcher. And you've kind of seen this, if, especially if you read Cheese's article today, the Million Dollar Musings. It's just it's this new state of baseball where the ball is definitely juiced. Um, it's more air. The ball's aerodynamic is kind of the, it's more aerodynamic than it's ever been, and that's just allowing the ball like routine pop ups are turning into home runs now. So uh, last year, basically on any any slate, especially big ones, you used to have four or five pitchers projected to score over 20 fantasy points. I I pulled up the bat today and sale was the only one over 20 fantasy points today. It's just the, uh, the whole outlook on pitchers. I think all expectations are lower. It doesn't really hurt you if your guy, I mean, you don't want your guy to get blown up, but if a guy goes five innings, and has a strikeout per inning, and sure, he gives up three runs, it's really not the end of the world anymore for your starting pitcher, Grant. 
Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, we've seen day. I've had more days this year where I've gotten negative points from both my pitchers total than I have probably. I've done more this year than I have all of last year or all of any other year. This is the worst year I've had for getting pitchers with negative points um, as an aggregate between my two starting pitchers because it happens normally once or twice a year. I think it's happened three times this year, four times this year. It's been it's been terrible. It's been, but... a, it's been a lot of stud pitchers too. So uh, what what are we going to do at SP2 today? I'm debating doing some weird things, Grant. I don't want to tell you what I'm debating doing, but I want to hear from you first. I mean, it depends if we're talking cash or GBP. I'm just going to go cash and talk Torinos, even though he might not get that many innings. He's still very much in play. The Royals have a 3.28 in play total. Torinos has been good. You're not getting the quality start, so you it matters more on Fandle where you don't have an SP2. So he's in play over on DK and DraftKings. Flaherty, if you have the money, is in play, although I wouldn't really recommend it. Peacock's in play. Um, but honestly, Miner or Bassett are two of the guys that I'm mostly looking at. Bassett or Miner's a little bit too expensive over on Yahoo, though. The two pitchers I really want to use would be, if they didn't have pitch count concerns, would be Chirinos and be Peacock. But both of these guys have pitch concern, pitch count concerns, and and that scares me a little bit. I think Chirinos is likely going to be one of the more popular plays of the day. He was, When Sale was in there, he was projected as the second highest owned pitcher, at least on DraftKings. And I think relatively similar on Yahoo as well today. There's not a ton of strikeouts in the Royals lineup, um, but Chirinos has been really good, uh, especially against lefties, not really allowing any Wobas. Uh, has gotten relatively lucky, a 222 Babbitt. So if you wanted to maybe think a little bit of regressions coming his way. That's cool. But the XFIPs under four, which is kind of a, a little bit truer statistic of overall skill level and luck and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think Chirinos is, is, you know, if I gave you five innings from Chirinos today, that's cool with me. I think that's fine in today's landscape. Yeah. Yeah. No, if I get five innings, then I mean, you could just look at his starts over the last four games, 24 points, 23 points, 28 points, the negative six was in there. We'll mm-hmm. ignore that because that just that can happen to literally any pitcher nowadays. Um, so like you're getting probably 20 points from him. Hopefully, the thing is the win is probably not as much in play when he's when Stanek starts or someone else starts. Generally, that means that he's getting innings three through seven, three through eight, something like that. And so the win is much more in play because I mean Stanek starting is basically guaranteed no more than one run given up. The win is way more likely. So him starting drastically decreases his value, in my opinion. And the fact that he's starting just going to raise ownership huge. The Royals can beat guys up at pretty much any time. But for cash, honestly, that's that's probably the right play. Um, let's see here. Let me just get the other uh, raise. Yeah, against Keller. Keller's not even – I don't think Keller's the worst dart throw tonight either. Um, so let me talk about a couple of guys I'm debating using today. And you can tell me if I'm crazy, Grant. So one, uh, you know, I'm looking for strikeouts. Mike, Mike Miner. Uh, I know he's not the favorite in here. Are you interested in Miner? This is interesting. I think it's more in play on DraftKings in tournaments because Oakland is ridiculously cheap. And Oakland's going to have some really high ownership, at least over there. Uh, and Miner uh, should have reasonably low ownership. Uh, I think he provides upside while also taking out one of the more popular stacks of, of the day in Oakland. Um, maybe not so much on Yahoo, but I do like them uh, specifically on DraftKings today in tournaments. 
Yeah, no, it's an interesting spot, and he hasn't been as much of a fly ball guy this year as he was last year, but there isn't really anything to really believe that. He gives up fly balls. He gives up hard contact. He strikes out guys at a decent rate, but the park that he's in is going to make things drastically better. I mean, Oakland, we know they have that giant foul ground. The weather over there is not fantastic. Like, it's at sea level. It's a little bit more heavy there. So the ball doesn't travel nearly as far. So this is a drastic upgrade for Miner when you're just looking at his overall numbers, considering he was playing over in like what park he plays in at home. So Miner very much in play. The 4.63 Vegas implied total for Oakland worries me a little bit, but honestly that probably goes a little bit more towards the bullpen numbers being a factor mm-hmm. too. So like looking at Vegas implied totals, you get a team like Houston or a team with a good bullpen they are going to drastically sway the total for the opposing team higher or lower if they have a good bullpen, higher if they have a bad bullpen. So it doesn't always correlate completely with the starting pitcher. And this is one of those spots where, realistically, if Miner had a decent bullpen behind him, the implied total for Oakland would be somewhere around 3-8-4-1. Is that three solid games? The only bad game was the opener uh, he placed against the Cubs. Uh, I don't know. I think there's some strikeout ability in Oakland. Uh, I don't think he's the worst play on the board. I, I'm All right, I want to talk a little, even crazier, Grant. Here's what I'm doing, because there's a game in cores with an 11 total today. I need salary for my bats. Do you have a guess on who I'm thinking about? Is it Hess? Oh, no. Could be worse. Oh, gosh. I'm I looking mean, at Matt Harvey, Grant. I don't know if that's necessarily worse. Harvey has the better ballpark. The Yankees are not the normal Yankees. They're missing Stan. They're missing, they're missing everybody. Yeah, like they're, they're they're rolling out their B squad, which is still a decent team. And the 4.25 implied team total is decent. But when considering this slate, like all the guys with low implied totals going against them, Bassett, not very good K guy, um, Trinos is a guy that might not go more than five innings. And then there's Musgrove. Everyone else is basically on the same basic projection of runs given up. So going with Harvey, a guy that's super cheap, that can strike out guys at a decent rate, that is going up against a Yankees team that most of them have really high K rates, and a lot of them are not even league average hitters. So looking at plate IQ, I know that there's sample size problems here, but they have a 0.193 0.193 ISO, a 291 WOBA. Those are not good numbers. It's one of the worst on the slate. And Harvey, with his huge amount of home runs and hard contact that he can give up at any given time, is less of a worry when you're not going against a huge ISO team. Yeah, it's just there's a, enough strikeouts with with some of the players, specifically towards the bottom of the lineup. You get the really nice park in Los Angeles for pitchers. I'm not expecting Harvey to have a dominant performance, but I'm also not expecting pretty much any pitcher to have a dominant performance tonight, which just has led me at least on Yahoo. I'm giving strong consideration to Harvey in cash games. I don't know if I'm going to use them or if I'm going to pay. I think Chirinos is $10 more. I think Chirinos is definitely the, the safe play. And I think I'm comfortable putting him in here, you know, at least as a guide to give some people an idea of what the good plays are. But I, I wanted to let it known. I'm looking at Matt Harvey because it gets, I can just literally grant the whole rest of my screen. I can make a cores lineup if I do something with Matt Harvey. I'm going to make a Harvey Hess lineup while we're talking. Yeah, you can just get every single bat that you would want today. Uh, we didn't talk about a couple other guys. Um, you know, I like strikeouts. 
Um, Jake Arrieta doesn't exactly have a lot of strikeouts. He has three and one strikeouts in two separate games. The other one, the 8K game was against Miami. I don't know. I'm not really think Jake Arrieta is some major strikeout pitcher because he was able to rack up a bunch of Ks against Miami. He just played the Mets here, had himself a reasonably good game, seems somewhat safe today. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, you know, Matt's got completely blown up in his last start against Philadelphia and the Philadelphia lineup. Uh, it is a little weaker today. There are a couple guys out that I think, uh, actually, let me make sure on this because I didn't. Um, yeah, it's not the most enticing uh, Phillies lineup, specifically towards the bottom. This minus 17.4 isn't exactly, uh, you know, you're not, you're not feeling too good about it considering he just played Philadelphia. But before that, he was cruising along with a couple reasonable performances. Uh, which pitcher would you rather take here? A little bit more K upside with Mats or the theoretical safety in Arietta? Yeah, I'm not taking the theoretical safety with Arietta. Um, and has Roth given another update on the weather yet? Uh, well, we got Washington PPD'd. If you ask me, I think the Mets game is going to end up uh, playing just fine once they start. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it's going to rely on Roth, but I'd rather, much rather go with Mats. I mean, one bad start really doesn't do a whole lot for me, and I get it was mm-hmm. against the same team. Yeah, yeah Roth um, updated the weather at 3 o'clock Central, so that was, what, 10 minutes ago? Um, same batch of rain that is causing trouble in Boston, but it's lighter over New York, I think. Uh, I expect this game to play through some lighter showers, though a late start or in-game delay isn't out of the question. He has a yellow-orange currently. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just looking at this lineup, it's a little bit worse than it was last time. I mean, obviously, Segura's not in it. King Reeds, both of them are out on the IL, and, like, it's still a very tough lineup, but it's not nearly as imposing, and Matt's, like, home run to fly ball variants hit him hard there. Like, hit him super hard there, if I remember correctly. I'm going to double-check here, but I think he gave up a few bombs in the first inning, and yeah, he gave up I mean, two. He didn't even record an out. He threw 31 pitches, and he, he got yanked. Yeah, so his, his – He's rested. Yeah, his, his, his walk number was infinite, but he only gave up one walk. Like, if you face nine batters and you don't get an out and you're not walking a whole b- bunch of guys – then that, that shows me that that's just mostly unlucky. Like, even guys in batting practice cannot hit that well if you're just throwing meatballs right over the plate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I have some interest in Mats. I have no interest in Arietta. Um, I Honestly, I just I want some upside on a slate like this, and I don't want to pay that price tag for a guy with very little upside outside of throwing a complete game shutout here. So, I, mm-hmm. I just – I'm done – the other guy with good Vegas odds and strikeout potential is Peacock. Um, but he's basically capped at like a 90, you know, pitch count, something like that out there today. Um, but it's against Minnesota, pitcher's ballpark. Is it Peacock or is it Trinos if you're looking for kind of like the safe SB2 today? I, I just think everybody in tournaments today I think is going to be the, the Musgrove-Chirinos combo, especially with the, the, the uh, Boston PPD now. It's just these guys' ownerships are going to go through the roof uh, around the industry. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's Torinos is the safer guy when it comes to cash, but you want upside in tournaments, and 24-point upside really isn't going to do it for me when you're paying a decent price tag for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Peacock, like, he can get wild. He can he can get into some trouble here. He's going up against Minnesota, who's an actual decent hitting lineup here. And, yes, he has a huge – like, people are going to look at the K numbers from last year, and a lot of it was coming out of the bullpen. So that's going to – increase it a decent amount there when he's actually in the rotation 
every once in a while he has a propensity to walk a decent amount of guys. When you're giving up a whole lot of or a decent amount of hard contact to lefties and there's a few decent ones in this lineup here, I just I don't I don't know if I can trust. It. I'll still use a little bit of them in tournaments, but I'd rather side on uh, Trinos over in cash rather than Peacock. Yeah, if you uh, if you're playing on DraftKings, if you get 40 combined points from your pitchers tonight, you're probably doing cartwheels uh, at the end of the night. So you're gonna get that with Harvey and Hess combined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, it's just I, I'm not expecting giant performances from basically any pitcher. I think Musgrove's got the best chance, and then other than that. Um, me half is slightly interesting if he can pitch around trout uh the angels are just absolutely putrid um but uh flair what about a guy like flaherty we didn't even really talk about him you know if he's not going up against milwaukee he's doing pretty good this year grant um but unfortunately this is the third time he's having to face milwaukee including milwaukee uh in back-to-back starts which uh you know there's kind of like a narrative that pitchers underperform the second time out consecutively and i pinged mr Derek hardy on that he actually confirmed that for me. It was basically they underperformed their bat projection um, by a little over a fantasy point uh, if they face the same team uh, back-to-back. You add all that together, um, I, I don't know. I don't think Flaherty's in the greatest spot tonight paying up. Yeah, he is. And, I mean, the thing it's is – It's good weather in St. Louis tonight too, by the way. Yeah, and there's a lot of lefties in that lineup. He walks lefties at a much higher rate than he does righties, and he strikes them out at a lower rate. Uh, a little bit of the reason is he throws his slider quite a bit more to righties than he does to lefties. And looking at the Milwaukee lineup, they kind of they kind of like match up very well against them. A lot of the righties do fairly well against sliders, and a lot of the lefties are a little bit patient here. So he could get into some huge trouble. I mean, Yelich, 11% walk rate. Moustakas, 9% walk rate. Grandal, 12. Shaw, 13. All those lefties. That basically averages out. He's going to end up with most likely a 13%, 14% walk rate in this game. And I mean, over the long run, that's going to absolutely turn him into a terrible pitcher, even with a high K rate. And this lineup doesn't really strike out at a huge clip outside of Aguilar and Arcia, who are down at the bottom of the lineup in all likelihood here. Flaherty could like theoretically do very well here. But I'd reserve them strictly for GPPs. It's not worth paying the price tag. But on a slate like this, you have to think about it for GPPs because there's not a whole lot of upside pitchers considering the pitch counts on a lot of them. Yeah, especially third time facing Milwaukee short and then also back-to-back facing Milwaukee. And uh, what do we got? I think that's one of the better hitting weathers of the day. Uh, I think it was uh, right around 80, yeah, 80 degrees and the wind blowing out there today. So that's going to be a, uh, a hard pass that price tag. Almost 10K on DraftKings. He's more like an $8,500 pitcher. You put all this together today, in my opinion. So I don't think I'd be paying that price tag for him today. Uh, maybe reserve him for a, uh, you know, a low amount, uh, a low percentage in tournaments, something like that. Uh, let, let's get to some bats. We've got cores, and for some reason, some of the cores bats are priced high, but I think we have to start here and start, um, you know, start our Ross. Charlie Blackman is $18.00. On Yahoo today, Grant, there's no way I'm not playing Charlie Blackman on my cash. Yeah, that would be insane to do. Um, like, if you don't play him in your lineup, you're just making bad life choices. It's Coors. It's Hellickson. He's not really a high K-rate guy, so the ball's going to be put in play quite a bit here. Hellickson, if I remember correctly, is a bit worse versus lefties than he is versus righties. I mean, it's not a drastic sample size. Numbers aren't too far apart. 
Um, I mean, honestly, if you're looking at Woba, he's worse versus his righties than his lefties, but the hard contact numbers, the line drive numbers, fly ball numbers, all these like point more towards him being a normal splits guy. So Blackman is in a clear better position than pretty mm-hmm. much anyone in this lineup here. I mean, you look at Arenado and you look at Story, but Helixson doesn't give up a huge amount of hard contact to righties. So in Coors, a guy that throws his curveball 20, 25% of the time is not going to be a great option here. Oh, look, Bobby's asking about Godley. And Chad, yeah, but I brought him up on Plate IQ. Your boy Bobby wants to talk about Godley. Uh, one, is there enough strikeouts in the Pirates lineup? And, I mean, Godley can just – I mean, sure, it can go well, but it can end terribly pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, the thing is we don't really have a huge sample size on a lot of these guys. Um, like, looking at – I think Cardi, a similar lineup came out, what was it, two days ago? Yeah. Cardi was looking at the minor league numbers and – it's not a terrible K lineup for Tucker Reynolds Martin uh, when incorporating them into it, but still not a high K lineup. Godly, I wouldn't look at him on another slate, but I think you have to look at him now. Yeah. I'm not using. Yeah, I didn't that. realize the Pirates had put out the you know the D lineup here. Yeah, and I mean, even if you're not getting a huge amount of strikeout upside, no one has huge strikeout upside on this slate, so you you have a little bit of run suppression here. That's yeah, good I, enough for me. I think with this lineup, right, I wasn't too ungodly. This is we all swerved on to who was it? Um, who was it from the Giants? Holland, right? We all swerved on to Holland that day oh, when, yeah. the, when the Pirates put out the bad lineup. And Holland was doing okay, got a little bit rain shortened, didn't get a chance to to do too much. Um, but, yeah, I think we could certainly – Godley is certainly in play in mind. I mean, the main thing with that, though, is it's slightly different because it was a lefty. I mean, we saw what – what is it? Uh, Cubs guy, why can't I remember? I hate playing him. What's his name? Lefty for the Cubs. Why Quintana? am I? Yeah, Quintana just absolutely cruised through, him and someone the next day did. It's mostly lefties that have been good against them so far this season and had high K upside, um, obviously, because there's a decent amount of lefties in there. But I don't think this works out fantastic for Godley from an upside standpoint because he does K guys from the left side of the plate a much lower rate, and there's what five of them in there six of them in there so mm-hmm. yeah pretty much all of them so it's a little bit tough to play godly from a cash game standpoint even though a lot of it's pressed but on a slate like this tournaments he's absolutely in play all right uh good i think that was a good call bobby i want to bring that up so yeah we didn't talk about godly and uh, i think he's certainly in play so uh, let's get back to some bats uh blackman if i go back to i just want to highlight cores because this is an 11 over under game and there's just guys who are too cheap depending on where they hit in the lineup today right like brian dozier very likely to hit up towards the top of the order i think he's 15 dollars. ryan mcmahon's gonna start today right 15 dollars. now he was like 10 dollars a couple days ago on yahoo but i still think 15 dollars is a little too cheap ian desmond in the outfield if somehow michael taylor even if taylor hits towards the bottom of the lineup at nine bucks he's certainly in play there's just I think there's just too much in cores to ignore. They're all underpriced. I think we need to get a couple more of these guys. I think McMahon is a reasonably good play. I think Dozier's a good play. Uh, if Gomes ends up uh, behind the plate, I think he's a pretty good play. I, I just want I want to load up my lineup with cores tonight, Grant. Not only are they really good plays, but they're all extremely underpriced on Yahoo. 
Yeah, and I mean, a lot of looking into their numbers, a lot of these guys aren't great hitters here. But when you consider their price tag and where they're playing at and the pitcher they're going up against, you can be a bad hitter. But if you're going up against a low strikeout pitcher in a big ballpark like Coors, where there's plenty of room in the outfield, like most, a lot of line drives are going to end up with a single or a double. So there is some upside there. And any of these guys can hit a home run in reality there. I mean, Desmond is not that great of a hitter at this point in his career, but he can hit bombs whenever he's, he gets- he's 12 bucks against Hullickson, of yeah. course. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's real simple. The prices are right, so you can play them. And then over on the other side with Washington, Tyler Anderson's an all right pitcher at times, but 15 bucks for Brian Dozier, even though he hasn't, isn't the same Brian Dozier he used to be, is too mm-hmm. cheap. Zimmerman, 17 bucks is way too cheap. Yeah, would you rather play Zimmerman with the splits or McMahon with the splits? Zimmerman is, uh, I think, yeah, two bucks more on Yahoo today. I'd rather, rather play McMahon. I'm more on the rocky side of things. And I mean, the, the guys that are more likely to be in play, so giving uh, RBI, up, RBI upside or Blackman, Dahl, Arenado, and Story, then I think the Robles, uh, Rendon, Soto on the other side, but. Rendon's just a Rendon 28 bucks. He's just too much. But like you can play Arenado. You can even fit in story, right? I could play uh I could play Ian Desmond. Here here's the point I'm getting to tonight on Yahoo. I think Yahoo's gonna be pretty chalky because you can ju- you can just get all the cores bats that you want, pick the two pitchers that you want, and really not even have to worry about anything tonight. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very it's a pretty simple night when it comes to cash over on Yahoo. So let's talk if we're not stacking cores. I don't want to spend uh, the whole show telling everybody how good Nolan Arenado is in cores or anything like that. What are some other spots for offense we can go to tonight? Um, either, you know, a swerves in cash games or, you know, more specifically, I think uh, for, for the tournament guys. So I think one of the spots, one of the obvious spots is going to be Houston. Um, 5.41 implied team total for them. And the difference between, the Rockies game and the Houston lineup is that that implied total there is mostly giving up the fact that Odorizzi gives up bombs. Mm-hmm. So not all runs created are the same when it comes to DFS production there. We've seen it with the Mets where they'll walk like 10 times and they'll score nine runs, but only have four hits. This is a Houston lineup where a lot of these guys can hit the ball of the park going against a guy like Odorizzi who has been a little bit reverse splitting in the past or a little bit splits neutral in the past, but any one of these guys are all fine. Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Correa, even Gary L if you want to, or Torinos if you need to catch your new lineup, can all hit the ball of the park here, and that's what's likely going to happen uh, with Houston tonight if they're going to be scoring runs. It's going to be a lot of bombs. So they might have less runs than either of the Coors teams, but they may end up being a better stack strictly because ownership's probably going to be slightly lower on them and the upside is more when you consider all those home runs. Yeah, uh, Houston last year, this was kind of a thing. Last year they were, uh, this is like middle of the road, uh, 4.5 runs per game scored at home, right? It's a real pitcher friendly. And I, I think on the road last year, uh, let me just make sure I'm remembering this off the top of my head. Yeah, so they were 4.5 runs per game at home, 5.3 on the road, right? Because once they get out of the pitcher's ballpark, the offense uh, started to do good. Uh, however, this year, Grant, uh, it's the opposite. Six runs per game at home. So I, I don't know I don't know if we have a large enough sample size to really do that, but it hasn't affected them as much to start the season, at least at home. Uh, the problem is, all, right, are you going to play Springer, Bregman, and Altuve 
for prices that seem too high compared to cores? Most likely not, correct? I mean, I will. Not in cash, but in tournaments, yeah. I absolutely will. I'd prefer the Houston stack over the core stack. I also think that the um, whatever the roof is open today is 50% humidity and almost 8 degrees out in Houston. So that should help things quite a bit there. Um, that's probably why the higher implied team totals. So, yeah, Houston's a better GBP stack than either the Rockies or the Nationals. Yeah, let me see if Sleet IQ got updated. I know Jamino is the wearer of many hats uh, behind the scenes here, so he can't always uh, check Sleet IQ. I wanted to bring this up. Let me see if Sale has uh, no his ownership stuff. I can't bring that up. Uh, I'm very interested to see how the ownership gets distributed with Sale no longer in the pitcher because he was a reasonably priced pitcher with a lot of ownership. And now people, I think, are going to even have more money for bats because they're going to go to guys like Chirinos and Musgrove and Peacock and, and these type of guys who are all a little bit cheaper. Um, so the bat, people are going to have plenty of money for bats out there in tournaments today. Um, I wanted to talk – what, what, do you, what else you got for me for offense today? Uh, let's go to this Baltimore White Sox game because you liked Hess, but I mean, you got to like your White Sox as a stack today against Hess plus the bullpen. And you got to like Baltimore. I mean, Trey Mancini, is he better than Mike Trout? Maybe so far to start the year he is actually, but you know, he's definitely not better than Mike Trout. Um, but a couple of these Baltimore bats can, uh, can go pretty good today. And this is, this is one of the first games of the night, too. You could be leading the leaderboards all night long uh, if you stack up this first game. Yeah, so like I said, I like Hess, but this isn't just a leaner out, linear outcome of Hess on one side or uh, White Sox on the other. Like, there's a lot of different ways this can happen. Hess can give up one to two bombs here and still end up with a pretty decent night when you consider his price tag. The strikeout upside is there, even though he's a low strikeout pitcher. But he's extreme hard hit rate, extreme fly ball guy, and there's a lot of bat or a few bats in this lineup that can hit the ball out of the park. I'm probably going to end up with 20% White Sox stacks on today's slate just because of how many guys can end up hitting a home run. And so if they get on the lucky side of home run to fly ball variants and lucky side mm -hmm. of Babbitt, then they're going to end up crushing Hess and those Hess lineups I have are going to be completely dead here. So they have almost a fly, five implied run total here. The weather is decent over in Baltimore. It's a good pitcher or good hitter's ballpark. And Hess is a guy that gives up bombs. It's that simple. Over on the other side, we have Manny making his first major league start. No, no, no that was the Milwaukee guy, but not a guy with a huge amount of major league experience going up against a whole bunch of varieties here when he's a lefty. They've been hitting well lately, going with Mancini, VR, Nunez mm -hmm. are all fine. And yeah. I want to point out Rickard, if you need a cheap guy on Yahoo today, Rickard is $8 leading off uh, on Yahoo today. I think he's going to end up being somewhat popular over there today. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, high implied total leading off cheap price tag, all kind of point towards him being one of the top guys to save some money on there and it's not really a great slate so yeah he's he's probably one of the better cash game plays over on yahoo and a guy that you should include in your stack but yeah bats from either side of this game are completely fine here um i don't know if i'd go with manny as a pitcher even at min price over on yahoo but hess is definitely very much in play for me as are the white Sox stacks which i've said it many times before but it's just true um yeah and i like uh I really like this game for offense. Um, Mancada, Abreu, Alonzo, uh, Garcia, Anderson, Delmonico. There's a lot of power. Even McCann, right? There's a lot to like in the top of that lineup. Baltimore not as crazy uh, good. You know, 
man, I love Leonardo Nunez and Hanser Alberto. I don't think anybody's ever said that, but if there was ever a time to get behind the Orioles as a stack today, I think it's it. I think they'd be a little more interesting if we had high-priced pitching to spend on, um, but I, I still think you can uh, stack up the Orioles. This is one of my favorite games of the, uh, of the night. Uh, you got any sneakier offenses for me tonight, right? I think that the Cardinals, it's 80. Uh, I think people will be on that uh, against Hauser. Uh, even against Flaherty, the Brewers lineup looks really good. Um, they got rid of, uh, who was at the bottom? Aguilar, who's just been absolutely horrific. He is not in the lineup today. So this lineup actually looks pretty good uh, against Flaherty. I have no problem, even though the Brewers have, what, a four run line under it? I have no problem taking them as like a sneaky stack today. And if I pull up, uh, I'm looking at Slate IQ uh, real quick. Let me just find uh, Milwaukee, at least on uh, DraftKings, basically projected for about uh, total aggregate ownership of around 35%, which is, you know, mid to, to low on the uh, the expected ownership out there. For I mean, the two sneaky stacks I'm looking at are the Brewers and the Rays. Um, so Keller, decent ground ball guy, but the Rays – are a good lineup in all reality and they may be paying playing in a bad park but they've been hitting the ball well this year they have some decent lefties in there keller doesn't really strike out a huge amount of guys which this lineup has a fairly high k rate versus righties this year so like having guys like zunino in the stack garcia both of which and even low strike out at a decent k rate um are all good guys that can hit for power here they are a fine team to stack. They shouldn't draw too much ownership when you consider the four or five high implied mm-hmm. team total teams there are today. And then Milwaukee, I mean, we talked about how much Flaherty walks lefties. There's only yeah, there's only four of them in the lineup here, which that's I mean, fine. Yeah. I mean Yelich counts as three lefties, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting guaranteed two home runs out of Yelich, <laughs> yeah. that's where you start your stack at. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the lefties in there, I'd probably stack them a decent amount over on FanDuel. Like, even throwing in Braun or Kane, like, guys are going to be walked. So, guys are going to be on base. It's an RBI opportunity for them, for Braun, hitting behind three lefties, and there's a good likelihood that the guys are going to be on base here. So, like, this Brewers lineup that has an low implied total in a hot ballpark, one of the few hot ballparks of the day, is a great stack that's going to be way too low on. And Flaherty, with his K rate, is going to draw some ownership without sale in the uh, player pool or void. Yeah, we're uh, let's see here. Trying to look at some ownership uh, real quick for you guys. Uh, so we had Flaherty on. Uh, this was on DK prior to Chris Sale, uh, around nine to ten percent ownership. Uh, so that'll probably creep up to what in the fifteen uh, percent probably. Would you imagine? Yeah, yeah, probably. I let's mean, see. it might be higher than that in all reality because these other names are not names you want to go with. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the only safe guys are Musgrove, Chirinos, and maybe Peacock. Everyone else is kind of up in the air, so they just go with the higher-priced or higher-upside guy, and Flaherty's probably going to be one of the guys to rely on. Um, So I I talked how I did like uh, Harvey a little bit. The Angels lineup is out. Uh, I'm going to refresh plate IQ. We didn't spend too much time talking about Hap, um, but do you have anything from this game – that you'd want to play. I mean, I don't mind Harvey just because the Yankees are so beat up today. Um, but with the Angels lineup out, I've now brought it up on plate IQ for Hap. 
going back to 2018, there's only one red or two red K percentages in the whole Angels lineup. One of them is Mike Trout against lefties. But uh, you look at the other statistics, he's pretty good against those left-handed pitchers there. So outside of Goodwin at the bottom of the lineup, there's not a lot of strikeouts. Uh, do you have any interest in half here? I mean, I have a little bit of interest, but his price tag makes it a little bit mm-hmm. tough to pay for him here. Um, and, I mean, looking at their lineup, so Goodwin's numbers versus lefties kind of sway the plate IQ numbers considering yeah. – He's got a 395 Woba. And that's, that's 39 at bats. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Really not big, big enough sample size there to really take too much out of it. Yeah, same with Kevin Smith, who realistically is just an average hitter. So you take both those guys down to normal. Like, honestly, they might be 300 Woba guys mm-hmm. against lefties. So you do that, and there are two guys with over a 300 Woba. Mike Trout, obviously, and Simmons, who's barely over a 300 Woba. This is a trash lineup versus lefties in all reality here. And so they may not have a huge K rate, but the safety is there to a decent extent. And Hap's got good enough K numbers. I know he's been shelled a little bit, but what you worry about him is power. And none of these guys really have power outside of Trout. Um, let's see here. What else are we doing? we got about 15 minutes. Uh, what, what else do you want to do here today for Yahoo? We, we've got – it's just – it's really tough because you can you can basically do the two best pitchers and a full score stack. So the, the cash games on Yahoo is going to be interesting. Uh, I say we make a couple of tournament teams here and try to get a little bit off the board. you got ten lineups. So, I mean, you're not really going to go too far off the board. Um, but I think we can make some interesting decisions here if we make a couple uh, non-cores, non-Joe Musgrove tournament teams here. I mean, let's try – so, obviously, the Houston prices over on Yahoo, the one through five stack. Yeah. It, very well, tough to fit in. Hey, you can play one. You can play up to six on Yahoo. Oh gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's 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 see how it works doing a one through six stack over on Houston. All right, let's throw in Brantley. Uh, we'll get Altuve. We'll get uh, Correa. We'll get Bregman. I'm running out of money real quick. Who am I missing here? Um, Bringers in. Yuli. Even Yuli's expensive. Chirinos is even expensive too. So uh, if we want one through six, maybe I would just do a five man. The uh, six man with how they, it's more individual hitters on Yahoo, right? The runs and the RBIs are decreased compared to the singles and things like that. I don't know if six is actually what you want to do on Yahoo a lot of time. I I think, I think the the five. So if you do six, like, honestly, let's see how this works out. You go Kevin Smith and Ricard, both of which are deep. Wait, Smith. Yeah, he's seven bucks. In Ricard. And then we're still, I mean, we basically got to play Matt Harvey. Harvey and Hess, right? Yeah, this, this is like your dream scenario right here, isn't it? I mean, it's an <laughs> there interesting it is. Here's Grant's dream scenario on Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So you would have to, if you didn't want to play the garbage pitchers, you would actually have to sacrifice. I think, you, you know, you could sacrifice Yuli or maybe even take off Springer at 26 is a lot to pay for George Springer. I know it's a great spot, but I think you'd probably even have to leave off Yuli and go with like a five man. Well, yeah. If you, well, if you take off Yuli and you'd go first base. Yeah. There's a couple of first base options. Yeah. There's one that's super cheap. We can go with Thames at nine bucks. there, going against yep. Flaherty. You got the platoon split. If we throw him in, then it's not terribly tough to fit in. Like you can now fit in Musgrove and mm-hmm. someone slightly better than, um, 
Hess. Let's see who's around 30 bucks. Not going with that, not going with that. You can throw in Bassett, who doesn't have huge K upside, but he does have one of the lower implied totals on the board here. Uh, let's put together a couple other teams, and then we'll take QQs. And, uh, Devin, if you want to grab some QQs from the YouTube peoples, we got enough time. We'll help out the YouTube people with some of their QQs out there. We'll make one more team, and then we'll start answering those. Uh, so we had Houston. Uh, I got to go to this first game. So I'm not going to – I won't pick on Hess because I know you like Hess here. But let's put no, together – like I told you, I'm already stacking up the White Sox a decent amount. Yeah, that's a great thing with baseball. You can play both sides of it. Just about any game, you can convince yourself. Yeah, to. and I mean, it mostly depends on how scoring works. But with the way scoring works, with Ks being one of the most important things yeah. and home runs being one of the most important things for batters, like Hess is going to K some guys because of the high K rate and the Chicago White Sox – are going to hit home runs if he lands on the right side, if they land on the right side of home run to fly ball variance. It's that simple. Uh, can I get, where's Alonzo? Uh, he's at first base too. Who, do, who else do you want to include from the, this is why all sites, um, I, I like the FanDuel utility because then I don't have to play Jose Abreu or Yonder Alonzo, right? Like I could play both of them. I want to. I think all sites need that utility in there today. But who would be? I want to play at least five, probably. If if I'm making a stack on the big slate today, who else from uh, Chicago that I want to include? Um, we can go with Delmonico. I'm assuming he's going to be pretty cheap over there. He's in there, or is he, I don't think he's in the player pool actually. He is not. Yeah. So that makes it a little McCann? tough. There. I mean, McCann or Cordell. Like he's not really a guy that's going to be. We're going to play McCann and just to get catcher out of the way. Yeah, I mean, Cordell, so, like, the interesting thing with him is he's got a decent ISO this year. Like, he's hitting the ball well. He's not striking out at a huge rate. So, maybe it's just random variance. Maybe it's because we didn't really know too much about him before he got into the league here. But he is hitting a bit for power, and he's not striking out at nearly the rate we expect going up against a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact. Cordell's going to be almost 0% owned, even though he's done decent this season. And playing as the road team over in Baltimore, he should get enough at-bats to justify his price. And they don't really – without Jimenez in there, there's zero chance that he's going to get pinch hit for pretty much. So he's a guy that I could see using in your lineup and that's not too expensive that has potential for a home run here. Who would you want to play as like a a low-owned tournament pitcher? If I zoom out – I know this is going to mess with our screen size, Devin, but I'm trying to – Oh, actually – I can get ownership in here too. I'm going to refresh this and see if ownership uh, has changed at all. Cause we do have Yahoo ownership. If you, uh, if you do have uh, the ability to access that uh, with sale, I think this included uh, sales ownership. I don't think it's uh, accounting for him yeah. out yet, but you know, we had Chirinos in there. I think that was probably about right. And I do agree. He should be over Peacock. Musgrove's ownership is going to skyrocket. Yeah. I, I, I almost want to put Musgrove in the 40, 40 plus percent bracket here today on Yahoo. What else are we? I, I think Bobby was on to something earlier in the chat with Godley. Um, you want you want to throw him into this build? You get kind of that second or third tier of ownership on pitcher. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And I still think he's going to garner a decent amount of ownership mm-hmm. um, just because of the lack of options and the implied yeah. total of Pittsburgh, which. Well, I mean, so I think we both agree that the White Sox, you know, when you're stacking up, maybe not on Yahoo. Um, but they're going to be one of the more, po- they're going to be like one of the top four or five popular stacks of the day I would expect today. So like, here's how I like to make my tournament teams. You can, you know, if you're using the lineup builder, um, we added a cool thing a couple of weeks ago, like a min max ownership. Um, 
So I, I don't like all my I don't like my lineups to be all contrarian, and I don't like my tournament lineups to be all chalky. In my mind, if I'm hand making teams, I like a mix of some good hot, you know, some good plays mixed in with some lower ownership plays too. And I think Godly, you know, fits a white stocks stat good. Where like everybody that makes a white stocks white socks, can you say white socks stack three times? White socks stack, white socks stack, white socks stack. Man, that was tough for me for a second there. But anyone who makes a white socks stack is likely just a pound in Musgrove because they can pretty easily where I think I might want to swerve a little bit and get a little, you know, I, I like something that's a little bit lower owned. So maybe I would go with a guy like God. Yeah. And I mean, you can throw Yelich in there. Who's going to be going at low ownership. I mean, thinking about these swaps, what's going to do better Blackman and yell or Blackman and Musgrove or Godly and Yelich. I mean, it's going to be more likely Blackman and Musgrove, but the mm-hmm. 40% of the time, 40% of the time yeah. it's going to be the other two. Yeah, everybody's going to be playing Blackman today, too. So Black, I would imagine Blackman in tournaments probably approaches like 40, 50%. So if I was play, I would, that would be a absolute stone cold fade for me in Yahoo tournaments. And I would just pray that Blackman and his low price doesn't come through for everybody today. Um, how, how do you approach something like that where there's a guy who's clearly so underpriced? If I know a guy's going to be, 30, 40, and approaching maybe even 50%, specifically a batter, those are guys I want to be way under the field with on my tournament locations. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how risk-adverse you are. I mean, you can go right with the field if you really want to. It depends on what kind of pivots there are. Like, if there's a pivot at the same price tag, then that's like if yellow. Who do we, who do we play instead? Give me 19 through 17 bucks. Who would you play over Blackman as like a one-off? All right, yeah, bring it up on the screen. Let's see here. Nope, nope, nope. There's possibly Cruz. Um, you can convince me to play Chu. I could play – I could definitely play Nelson Cruz. I could play – that's about Frazier, it. Frazier, honestly, <laughs> wouldn't be the worst idea in the world going up against Harvey. Um, Chris Davis is, I mean, six bucks more, but you can go all the way yeah. up to him going up against Minor. This is just like a whole other tier of player at the top. Yeah, like it's 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 just tough to find a direct pivot on him today. So you just like you make it slightly different lineup. You get so far off of ownership by just taking someone else instead of Morton and someone else instead of Blackman. So mm-hmm. like if you want to do the six dollars cheaper to get six dollars more from Blackman, you get up to twenty four dollars or twenty five dollars, you can go up to Springer. So Blackman and Godley or Blackman and Musgrove compared to Springer and Godley, or you go all the way down to Harvey and get Yelich and Harvey instead of Morton and Blackman. We had Blackman at 19% ownership. I'm going to take the way, 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 way over on that for Yahoo today. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking somewhere closer to 30, 40. Yeah. Maybe even a little higher than that. Uh, We'll take a couple QQs and we'll get out of here again, guys. Don't forget it is free uh, premium week on Roto Grinders. We're going to give you, uh different articles different looks behind the premium uh, all week long today we have the premium filters and we have tuttle's tournament articles so if you are playing tournaments today and you aren't a roto grinders premium member you ha- do have access to the tuttle's tournament article today and we'll change things throughout the week and also uh don't forget to go on to sharp side today is the last day to get your lock-in bets for the second part of our sharp side promotion The final promotion keeps going on for the next two weeks. So keep swiping, keep locking. And if you have the highest lock streak, uh, I think it ends two weeks from today. 
uh, we're going to give away a thousand dollars worth of FanDuel credit. Someone's already got 500 bucks worth of FanDuel credit and someone else is going to get 500 bucks tonight. And then someone else is going to get a thousand bucks in, uh, in two weeks from now. So download SharpSide. If you have any questions, uh, Devin, if you have a link, pop it in there for the guys. Cause I know SharpSide, it's been around a while, but not everybody participates and um, you know, it's sports betting becoming very mo much more mainstream specifically this year. I think you're going to see it in quite a few more States this year. You're going to want to learn the ins and outs of SharpSide for sure. So uh, get that, go download it onto your phone and start swiping some bets. Doesn't cost you anything. It's just fake money you're playing around with. Uh, QQs have started rolling in here. Uh, Dyson or Jose Martinez? Uh, Jose for Martinez. Tonight. <clears throat> you saw that already, didn't you? No. No. Yes, I would definitely take Jose Martinez. I'm just very good at decision-making. Um, so a best price, best catcher, and high-priced outfielder. I don't know what's so – I mean, we're doing a Yahoo show, and there's a lot of guys who are probably overpriced today. Um, who's your best – are you paying for Mike Trout against a lefty, or would you rather play Yelich against Flaherty, or would you rather play Springer against Odorizzi? I mean, I think – man, I mean, the answer for when you – the Yahoo is Blackman. But uh, for tournaments, I'd honestly go with Yelich over Trout. Um, like they're they're hitting at about the same rate. Yelich is gonna still garner less ownership because people have trouble paying that price tag for him. And Trout versus a lefty is something that they automatically go to. With how trash the lineup is around him, I'm not gonna be surprised if they kind of try and pitch around Trout more. So limits his upside. I mean, every team should pitch around Trout 24/7. If you ask me, just give him the hey, Trout's up, walk him every single time. I mean, with the lineup that's around him, it might be a little bit different when Otani gets into the lineup. But mm -hmm. yeah, right now it's they're just kind of trash. Uh, let's see if we got a couple of QQs. Phillies or Mets stack? You got to choose one of them. Which side would you be more apt to stack? I think everybody's going to take the Phillies after that they just got the Mats. Um, I don't. I actually, I don't mind. I didn't. I didn't say it uh, to too many people, but I, I, I think Mats is was interesting in his last start, and I think he's interesting again tonight at low ownership. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, like today, Mats has some of the highest upside out of any pitcher on the entire slate, which is sad to say. So I'd, I'd probably rather go with the Mets just because uh -huh. they've got some decent power lefties in there. And plus Alonzo just hits bombs. That's all he does. He hits bombs. All right. I've pulled up Slate IQ. Jamino has awoken from his nap, and it has now uh, been updated. So I'm going to spend the last two minutes. It's not for Yahoo, uh, but you guys can kind of glean some insights on what's going to happen here. So – uh, we've currently got uh, Colorado as the highest owned ownership uh, team. Uh, although if you're stacking them specifically on DraftKings, slight negative leverage on them because basically the highest owned team is almost always negative leverage in baseball. Um, I wanted to take a look at pitcher ownership very quickly. Uh, now that Chris Sale is out of the way, Grant, and we've got Chirinos and Musgrove uh, both around that 35 to 40% ownership. Uh, a steep drop to Flaherty, and then it's basically just a mix of optimizers and random hey, clicking to get a hey, bunch of other guys. <laughs> hey, who's the highest leverage play on the slate? Uh, for what? For pitching? Yeah. Oh, your boy, David Hess. Oh, is it David Hess? Yeah, so, so you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Because it's not really a lot pitcher leverage, um, how it kind of breaks out. It looks at – so it looks at, like, guys that – might be priced like David Hess that pitch sort of like David Hess that sort of go up against teams like the White Sox today, right? But those guys in the history have actually had positive leverage. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's because the White Sox strike out at a huge rate. This yeah. is baseball. He's super cheap, and there's good bats on the slate. And I'd, I'd expect, too, the White Sox as a stack, right? They're going to be somewhat popular. Um, I mean, it, it's very close to even, right? I really only read into the extremes of leverage, um, but very slight negative leverage for a team like the White Sox. So you guys weren't supposed to see plate IQ unless you were or slate IQ, unless you were premium members. But, hey, I love slate IQ. Uh, and there's a lot to glean into it, and you'll be able to look at it, I think, for free on Friday for everybody. Uh, Grant, we got to get out of here. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring the show. Uh, a couple more shows coming up next, along with Crunch Time uh, and uh, the latest weather updates from Roth on Crunch Time as well. Uh, Grant, it's been fun. We got to go. I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you. Hey, kids. This is Kevin Cole, Director of Data Analytics at Roto Grinders, and I'm here to walk you through our new Slate IQ product, this time for Major League Baseball slates. So those who are familiar with what we've done with the NBA, a lot of this is going to look similar, but we brought some new wrinkles to it that'll be specific to MLB contests. Right off the top, I'll say that this is for DraftKings only content, because that's what we have the most robust set of data. To work off in our results db database so the key here and the the key to the whole structure is building off of the results and insights that we get from similar slates so we have thousands of previous slates in our database what we do is we look at the main slate coming up uh, for that day and for the next day and we match that slate against all of the previous slates, we find the 25 most similar slates in terms of how many values there are at different positions, in terms of where the chalk is for pitchers and for hitters, and in terms of some of the big macro things like how many games are on the slates and how many different players there are available at different positions. So there's a lot of texture for how we're looking at it. And then once we match those previous slates to the current slate. We take the top 25 and we crunch a bunch of numbers there to give you insights into what may be successful in upcoming slates. So the first thing I want to talk about here is the main table, what we call slate texture on here. And as you'll see, the slate texture has a bunch of different items. It gives you what we call similar and average. Now similar in this context is based only on the 25 most similar slates that we've calculated here. The average is looking at all slates of a similar type game count. So a similar number of players, similar number of games that are in total in the slate. And we crunch all the different numbers. You can get an idea of how this particular slate probably fares versus what would be on average. Now we give you the cash line for, for 50-50s and double ups. Uh, we give you the GPP line, and we're calling this the top 0.1% of entries, what they averaged on here for the two. We look at the win. So the number one ranked entry for GPPs, what the average was there. Obviously, it's a lot higher than what you're seeing in the others and then what you see in, in, in the average. And then below that, we have a bunch of numbers. Now, we have stack ownership and chalk hit rate. I'll, I'll take stack and ownership together. These are proprietary formulas that we came up with, which weight higher numbers for either a great deal of stacking and bigger stacks get a higher weight here, and then ownership, how high the ownership is 
of particular players. We're talking about whether or not the chalkiest pitcher and hitter options are much higher than what you would see in a normal slate. And 50 is the average, so you see it comes it comes in here, and you see this this stack in particular that we're this, and you see this slate in particular that we're looking at stacking is a little bit less used than it was on average, whereas ownership people are really uh, using higher owned players in these similar slates. As we go down, chalk hit rate. Now this is looking at the top two pitchers and the top five hitters by ownership on all these different slates and how often they're hitting or not, meaning that they're represented in a higher percentage of winning lineups versus what they are for the field. And then as we dig further into, you know, game count, just letting you know the averages are about the same here. Number of players, as you'd expect, is a little bit more here uh, for the similar versus the the average. And then as you go down, we have the average salaries for the pitchers for the the most expensive pitcher in the second, and then average ownership for the most expensive in the second here for those different things. So that's kind of the main slate texture table that really enables us to look at everything from a high macro level. And now the, the powerful stuff that we're going to dig into here, and I think this will be one of the more powerful things, is team stacking. So we have every single team on the slate here. And when we're thinking about this in terms of team stacking, we're looking at four and five hitter stacks. So what we've done is for each one of these teams, I'm looking at the total level of ownership of all the different batters, all the different nine batters that are in the starting lineup. But I'm also looking at the gradation between uh, the highest, who are the chalkiest players on this, who are the lowest. And I'm also looking at the fantasy point distributions there. And I'm taking these particular teams for tonight's slate. I'm matching them against the closest analogous teams from the 25 most similar slates, and that's how I'm crunching some of these numbers. So like I said, the total ownership comes from what's actually happening on tonight's slate. The winner amount, now this is the top 0.1%, how often they had those similar teams in their winning lineups. The field is the same thing, how often the field had those similar teams in their winning lineups. And then I have uh, the difference between the two, which is a simple subtraction, and then the leverage, which is the winner divided by the field and then you're seeing the percentage over over the field. So you're seeing here for, for Boston, for instance, it's going to be the most highly owned in total, all these different batters. I'm estimating that the field is going to have this about 10.3% ownership of four or five hitter stacks. Uh, the winners by the similar slates is about 12.5%. So you're getting a little bit of a difference there, and you're getting leverage there. And like I said, we're calculating this for every single team on the slate. So I think this is going to be pretty powerful in driving insights from these 25 most similar slates. Uh, the next one we have is stack type leverage. So this is looking at some very popular stack types here, and these are going to, not going to change. These are going to be the same every single slate, um, but we're basing this, again, on the 25 most similar slates. We're looking at uh, winners, the top 0.1%, the field, the difference in the leverage for each of these. You'll find most often, and this may be something that's changing we'll have to look at over time, you'll find most often that in the past, these heavy stacks gave positive leverage and maybe were underused in the past. Now, how people are playing these contests going forward, MLB contests, that may have changed. So like I said, we're going to continue to monitor that closely to see what's happening in 2019. Now, the way you read this, if it's 5-3, that means five hitters from one team, uh, three from another. 5-1 is five from one, two from another, and then one left there, and so on. So you can see how, how it builds out between your eight hitter options in all these different large stacks, four and four, four, three and one, and so on. Next, we have pitcher leverage. Now, this is another powerful one because we're tying every single pitcher on the slate to their most similar counterparts from the 25 most similar slates. And we're getting, you know, our ownership number 
that Chris Gimino and the team works on there uh, diligently, and we, we try to be the, the best there, and that's a very key component of matching. And then we look at similar slates from similar pitchers from these slates, and we say, how often were they in winning lineups? And then the leverage that you're seeing in all of these different ones. So again, as we're scrolling down here, you can see we have every single pitcher on the slate, and we think that's a pretty important and, and valuable tool there. Uh, the leverage is calculated by looking at the, the winner ownership based on similar slates versus what we're projecting that they're going to do, uh, what we're projecting the ownership is going to be, and that's how we get these leverage calculations. So it's a little bit negative when the winner ownership on these similar slates is below what we're projecting. Uh, we go down to hitters. We're doing a little bit less with hitters because there's so many different options. So what we're really going to look at is the 10 highest projected ownership hitters here and you see all these here and then again we're doing the same calculation we're figuring out based upon the 25 most similar slates and the most similar players within those slates how often we expect them to be in winning top 0.1 percent lineups and then figuring out the leverage based upon what we're projecting for ownership further down here we have some charts for your for your viewing pleasures you can kind of get an idea of looking at this from more of an optic standpoint than the numbers in the tables so here's a salary spent by position looking at starting pitchers and as you scroll down here you can see this is the you know the sp1 sp2 and if you look below it has three different categories these are the winners of similar slates based upon today this is the field based upon similar slates that we're seeing today and the field average so this is just looking at the average that you would find on this particular game count but not looking specifically at the most similar slate so again uh, how often winners have these uh, um, the, the, what they're spending on average for these players on similar slates, how often what would the field was spending on similar players for these slates, and what on average for the number of game count you're looking at, what what uh, the field had been spending. So this is for pitchers. We have the same thing for hitters here. Uh, we break out the uh, outfielders by the three different positions, by salary ranking, uh, and you go through here. Again, you have the winners, the field, and the average for all, for all of these different positions. And the last set of charts here is another way of visualizing uh, salary tiers. So this is salary tiers for starting pitchers. And you can see each one of these tiers. So how often is someone uh, a starting pitcher above 11,000, between 9 and 10, 8 and 9, and so on, all the way down. You can see all these different tiers here. So it gives you an idea.
What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Speed 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 5 501 on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, it's one big T. I know from such things as hating Giannis and Tennant uh, <laughs> which is, that's going to be, oh, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be an all timer. Uh, I, I was also going to say the name of your podcast, but I forgot. The Prince Factory, of course. Why do you always pretend like you forget the name of it? Because I've only been invited on it once, and I'm You're very coming on about soon it. again to talk about some of these bad takes we've been arguing about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to talk about tanking for hours. Oh. People don't have any listeners, though. Out. You'll tilt them all too much. Everyone will be too pissed by the time they're done listening. Yeah, though they're, they're probably upset because their team's out of the playoffs, and they have no hope for next year because they're drafting 17 again. <laughs> as opposed to 11 like <laughs> what's up how bad are the pistons though i think we can find mutual ground on that like they are so terrible yeah they're terrible and like i like again the whole it, we'll talk baseball obviously in a second it's, it's a 10 game slate it's a nine game right now actually because boston was rained out um and uh you know, it, the whole thing with tanking is like gone to everything. I want every team to tank, which obviously is not. So who do you want to tank then? That's like, just, what's the cutoff? You well, want the, Orlando to tank? Detroit definitely should because. How do know, they tank though? Like, what do they do to tank? Well, that's the yeah. The, 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 you can't really tank a game eighty, but uh, what I would say is it was their best interest not to make the playoffs. I will say that. Who's so just do? just in general though, we won't go too deep. But like, so starting the season, you got Drummond, you got Blake, you got Reggie Jackson. What do you do to tank? Starting yeah, the season. Tough. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's my point, though. So what do you do, though, if you want because to Because the East is not very good, and eight teams have to make the playoffs just by math. So. You can't just sit them the entire year. You can't. I guess not. You're, you're and not if they play, to. you're going to be in that 8-9, 7-8-9 hole. So, like, there's no way around oh, it. 7-8-9, is that what I heard? <laughs> my ears perked up there. But, like, you know, and things that nobody ever talks about is, like, you know, mega free agents, uh, premium free agents are just not going to su- – you know, no offense to Detroit. Like, there's certain oh. cities that just – you're not going to sign Detroit. You're not going to sign – Why would you sign with a team that has Blake and Drummond anyways? Like, well, I, they yeah, could be I, in, I, like, I, Los Angeles, and why would you go there? There are certain cities that are more appealing for the, the free agents to sign. And, you know, the money is essentially all the same. And that's a whole other conversation you can get into. But, uh, yeah, there's a certain teams that just – they have to get their prospects. They have to build their base through other ways. That's probably why they traded for Blake because – you know, they're, they're just not going to get uh, a, a prime free agent. That's just not going to happen. Utah, same deal. Well, the last big free agent to sign in Utah, the last one to sign in Indiana, Detroit. Can you imagine going to Utah if you were like whoever, Paul George? Like, why would you go to Utah? Hang out with Dodo. Whew, I mean, that'd be fun. I, I agree with that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I was Paul George if I'd want to. <laughs> oh, man. Is, is, do you have time to uh, – are they done? Are they done, though? Portland's up 3-1. What do you think? I mean, we can get into the other guy I make fun of, but when your point guard only cares about triple doubles and not making a jump shot, you're going to have a tough time winning some playoff games. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was I mean, how much is Dame just owning Westbrook in this, this series? Like, he's just destroying him. Westbrook was better in game three, but that was it. I was watching, uh, you know, the game last night, and I think Westbrook came out and banged, like, three jump shots. He was three for five right at the gate. And I'm like, wow, Westbrook's got a jump shot working, and he went from three for five to like five for twenty-one pretty quickly. That's, uh, he had one point in the second half. Like that's that just can't happen ever. 
Yeah, I mean, I like Westbrook, and I don't, I don't hate him nearly as much as you do. The thing is, like, I love his motor. I love how hard he plays. I love how much he competes. But I just don't think you can win a title with a guy like that. I just don't believe it. Yeah, and it's insane. Like, you talk about his motor because, like, you never think of him as a guy that, like, has, yeah, he's had his leg blown out, like, twice, I think. And he's still, like, the fastest guy in the court. Like, how is that possible? When, uh, he needs and, uh, to maybe not be as fast, though, and develop a jump shot. <laughs> well, at this point, it's too late, right? Basically, I don't know. I mean, is it? Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, shooting is one of those 30? things. How old is Westbrook? 29, 30? I mean, he's still, he's young. I mean, he's definitely not 30. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I if no we had a machine we could type this into. Shooting, so. like, shooting is a, something that you either got or you don't got, though, I think. I don't know. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun conversation that I want to have, and I'm, there's always something to clarify. But now I'm just embracing this, you know, the misconception out there that I think every team is Japan and I'm just mocking every team that gets knocked out of the playoffs just for fun. And then people think I'm like having real takes and it's all. And you're like taking victory laps over like the teams we knew were going to lose. Like we didn't think any of the, even my Orlando team, like I didn't think they were going to beat Toronto. You kind of said Orlando was going to win that series, didn't you? No, I picked Toronto in five. Like I put it out there before the thing even started. I was trolling people saying I wanted Milwaukee, but I didn't think they were going to win a seven game series. Am I am I gonna slide to the DMs when uh when 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 Milwaukee oh, plays Boston? I'm ready now. I, I was joking about the first round, but I'm ready now. Grant's in chat. He confirmed Westbrook's actually 30. Look at that, right in the dot. He's not 19. He's actually he's 30 years old. So uh, good call. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's like when he loses his athleticism. You know how far he's gonna fall in a hurry. Like he's gonna fall off the planet. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be that, like that, D Rose. Like that's how Rose was. Rose had a resurrection, but I don't know if what, what I don't know if Westbrook but, is going to recreate. Yeah, but what does a resurrection mean though? Like it was to a decent player. <laughs> Mangone's in the chat says Dean doesn't listen to the Print Factory clearly. Oh. What, 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 if, uh, what what was said in the Print Factory that I missed? Was it about Orlando being uh, going to get ousted in five? I, I didn't hear that conversation. Yeah, I mean we we cover all that. You probably didn't listen. I don't blame you. <laughs> I apologize. There's so you look. I'll, I'll give it a download. You should have listened last week because we, we had Wilson on there and he gave out all kinds of winners. He said Portland would destroy Oklahoma City. He gave like three hockey winners. Like it was just all winners from Wilson. Yeah. Well, uh, you, by the way, do you have any winners as far as tonight? You know, on the sharp side. Segway. We have to talk about the slate here at some point. Talking to baseball. Uh, you know that the contest has been going down on the sharp side app. They already paid out one. They're paying out in three different increments. Tonight is the last night as far as the streak. Whoever is the best streak ending on April se- uh, 22nd, that will be tonight, uh, gets himself 500 smackers there on FanDuel. Uh, the new streak, the new tournament starts on, uh, I guess, tomorrow, I presume, and it goes all the way up to May 2nd. The person, the user that has the longest streak up to May 2nd uh, wins himself a thousand free dollars uh, on FanDuel. Uh, free to play uh, on the SharpSide app. Uh, and they, they also want to give me a lock tonight. I know you're the man as far as the yachts get the print factory. Uh, anything as far as baseball, as far as basketball, who's winning tonight as far as the spread? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll go through the baseball as we, as we kind of talk about the slate. But, I mean, basketball, I usually have a winner for you. But tonight, I, I don't like these two games. Like, Milwaukee is so much better than Detroit. But mm-hmm. up 3-0 and given 13 on the road, like, I mean, I just don't like it either way. I don't want to take the Pistons, but I don't want to lay 13 on the road, so not that game. And then the same thing kind of with the other game. Like, Houston looks so easy up 3-0, given only two and a half or three, but Utah might win one at home. I don't know. Like, I mean, man, go loves. He was talking trash the other night because 
I mean, Utah, Utah could have easily won that game. Utah was the play the other night. Like, I don't care. The other night, Utah was <laughs> one of the easiest plays you can ever make was Utah won the other night, and Mangone's, like, taking a victory. Why, why was Utah such a lock the other night? Because I saw their, it's like, three It's such points. a good spot for them. Like, such a good spot. Down 2-0, coming back home. I mean, everything was in place. They just couldn't make a shot. They just sucked. Well, Harden didn't uh, make a shot the entire first half, correctly? He missed a lot of shots, but other guys made all the shots, though. Like, their other guys were making everything. Um, yeah, and as far as Milwaukee, it, it goes 2-2-1-1-1, right, as far as going yeah. back and forth? All of like, them are that now. They, the they Pistons, switched to the final. The Pistons don't want to pack their bags again. They don't want to pack their – Oh, they they're not going to win for sure. They but. don't want to pack their – they had their, their golf times and their vacations already scheduled. They don't want to pack their games. Oh, did you see Blake Griffin the other night playing with, like, a full leg shackle? Full respect. Full respect <laughs> to Blake Griffin. Uh, legit. I mean, like – the absolutely- biggest cast I've ever seen in my life. You don't respect him for playing. He could absolutely pack it in. You can't. The best part him. is, I know I've made fun of Giannis, but he was he was owning Giannis. Giannis had a horrible game. Well, yeah, but he didn't like need to do anything, right? Because the rest of his teammates were fine. I get it, I, but like he was, he didn't. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. He didn't have a good game. I know you want to. Well, you probably want to talk about Game of Thrones too. We got we got to dive into the slate. Here's what we'll do: if the people ask us about things that are uh, non sports related, non non baseball related. We'll answer in our chat session. We do have to dive in we'll, and talk we'll about this. We'll get a little prep factory going here soon, too, because we got to have a longer discussion about some things. I have a – yeah, I, I need a platform to get this stuff out there, man. Yeah, the people, I mean, they definitely want to hear what I – they don't we'll want to hear it going. Maybe people. this week we'll get it going. Um. All right. Yeah, for sure. You, you, have, you have my number and such, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you want me to call you right now so it can ring? <laughs> I like that move. But that's that's Sweetwater's move. And if he's lurking, if he's listening, he's probably going to do that right now just to be fun because I don't think I turn my ringer off. You never do. That's why it's so good. It's such an amateur move on my part. Uh, As far as other weather that's lurking, we talked about Boston is not playing down to nine games. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and drop the link in chat as far as what Roth had to say. This is an hour ago uh, as far as weather going down in uh, the Mets. It's currently yellow-orange, so keep an eye on that one as well. Roth will be on crunch time later today. If you guys are cream members, of course, you know what crunch time is. It's raw, it's raw and cheese. Who, by the way, I'm sure did you read Cheese's article today. It's always amazing. It's always awesome. But today, he kind of delved into like what all the wonkiness that's going down in the first three weeks of baseball. Uh, he is your best friend, so I imagine you caught this article or no? Yeah, I mean, I, between that and Tuttle's Tuttle's tournament article, I mean, it was it was a good day of reading on the premium stuff. Ah, is that yeah, it? Is. <laughs> was it Sweetwater? I don't, you know, I don't know who it was. Oh, it's Van Gogh. There you go, of course. Oh, I was going to say, there's no way Sweetwater's listening. Well, he's actually, he didn't, I answered the phone, apparently. Van Gogh, hang up. <laughs> you answered it. He's like talking to me. It's a, Just hold it up, like, like when I called you that day and you were going to show my number on the on the screen. Oh, I might have just done that. I don't know if you guys have the Zoom <laughs> capabilities. But if you guys are watching us now on YouTube, feel free, feel free to like and subscribe. Like the first 12 minutes of the baseball show where we talk no baseball. Sorry, we're getting into it. Don't worry. Uh, like, subscribe, jump on over here to RG. Of course, you guys are asking questions in YouTube chat. Uh, we will knock those out. Uh, our fabulous multitasking producer, the B-Train, Devin, he's going to copy and paste them and throw in the RG chat at an appropriate time later on in the show. Of course, if you guys are in the RG chat as is, feel free to ask those questions too. Uh, also want to say, we mentioned Cheese's Million Dollar Musings. Those will be available for everybody for free tomorrow. You definitely want to check that out. Uh, it's premium week. Uh, every day something new is going to be free. Tonight is the premium filters. Well, we got to read some Dane material on the, the free, the freemium. 
You know, uh, right right now I'm just doing the consensus value rankings, and I don't think that's being given away right now. So uh, there's they should thing. because you didn't finish first place last last year. I, I finished second, right? I think it was. Second. I got first, and they didn't even ask me to do it this year. <laughs> I'm going out on top. I put a word in, and I said, you know, I I got to eliminate the competition. Yeah, so I mean, you're a big team. I mean, I, like John Elway went first, and then they just boot me out. <laughs> that's hey, you know what? I, I, I guess there's better ways to to go out, but. Uh, that is interesting. <laughs> Tonight, uh, the premium filters are free. We're going to show those later on in the premium peak if you guys are not aware what that is. Also, Tuttle's article that uh, Big T read, the Tuttle uh, tournament article, that is free as well. Again, tomorrow, cheese is million-dollar musings. It, it's awesome. Today, it's especially good because he delves into basically what's going down in the first few weeks. And, you know, I know you and cheese are best friends, right? But uh, he's just – look, he's the, he's the best in the business. Dude's banked a million dollars. It's not called million dollar musings, but like ironically, the guy won a million dollars twice in DFS and he still busts his ass and puts out the best article in, in the business. And he probably doesn't have to, but you can tell he loves it just from reading oh, yeah. his articles. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, Wednesday, played IQ will be featured. Thursday, the Weather Edge, that's Kevin Ross Weather Edge, will be featured. And Friday, Slate IQ, as well as projected ownership. Oh, give me the overshot. What's the screenshot as far as the slate for you, Big T? Because it's kind of sort of crappy pictures with the, we'll talk about sale in a second as far as that situation, because, you know, we have a, we tell our producer Devin before, you know, three, four five hours before the show, these are the pictures. These are the hitters that we really like a couple from each side. And I was like, Chris sale, because he's so cheap, right? He like, how do you not lock and load on Chris sale? I understand he hasn't been uh, particularly great. And a lot of stuff pitchers haven't been great this year, uh, but the velocity was up last time out hitting 96, 97 on the reg. Uh, and the price is absolutely silly. Unfortunately, we got to cross them off the list. He said, no Chris Sale. Now what are we doing? Because we have a core slate. And we have no pitchers that are expensive. And it's like really easy just to like stack cores if that's what you want to do. Yeah, so to, two sides of the question. Like, first of all, I'm disappointed that Sale is not pitching now because everyone was just going to play him at that price. Whether it's good or bad. In baseball, I'll always take my chances fading a chalky pitcher that's been terrible this year. I know his velocity's back up or whatever his last start. But he's been terrible, and he was going to be just mega chalk. So mm -hmm. I'm, dis I'm disappointed in that. But then to the second part of the question, which you just said, now everyone's going to play the same team again, cheap pitchers and cores, which gives us the same edge I wanted with Sale on the slate. So I'm kind of happy you just fade cores. Maybe fade the Astros, and then you got a different team by itself if you can like any other stack. So I like yeah. that. It's good that you're on this show because I'm sure we're going to have different opinions. And I come at it from more of a cascade perspective. And Baseball, I am, though. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. You're right. And, uh, and you know, ownership is more – I mean, I, I pay attention to ownership in baseball more than any other sport because no matter how good the yeah. spot is, we always talk about it. Best hitter in the world versus the worst pitcher in the world that's in the majors. Uh, you know, in the greatest ballpark, and the dude can go for four hit four screaming line drives and like get nothing to show for it. Everybody's score is zero, everybody's fadeable. Um, so and of course, I'm gonna play, I do, I am locked in some cash games where I am gonna play all the chalk, I'm sure. But uh, now, as far as pitcher, uh, T, I, the de facto number one for me, uh, is Joe Musgrove. Is that where you're at as well? I mean, just from a tournament perspective, like. Hi, it sounds crazy, but Matt Harvey is kind of my guy. Like, this Yankees lineup is just absolutely awful. I don't even know. I don't know. We don't have a lineup yet for tonight, but they just can't physically put any lefties out. Harvey's good against righties, and all the good hitters from the Yankees are righties. 
I just like that lineup. If that lineup wasn't the Yankees, just say that exact same team was like whoever oh, Miami. The, the, the most fearful thing about that lineup is the laundry. That's it. It is. It, it's really bad. So I know Harvey isn't the greatest, but the park's good. The the run total's low, and he's only fifty six hundred on DK. I mean, I I'm all about Harvey tonight. I, obviously, I like Musgrove too. I like Torinos. I like a few of those other guys, but my favorite has to be Harvey. Yeah, more vulnerable to the lefties and the righties. We don't have the lineup yet except for the Yankees, but it's just like kind of who are the last nine men that are standing, right? Uh, we do have Gardner, who's a lefty, who's presumably in the lineup, in the lineup Talkman, Ford, uh, and Wade, but like that's not exactly, you know, a vaunted lineup. Those lefties aren't particularly imposing. Harvey, of course, uh, he's, he's fine versus righties, lefties, he's vulnerable. The park's pretty positive, too. Um, and this is like a split squad game. It's, I don't know how many spring training games you've been to. But this, like the Yankees, this is like the split squad game, like the bad now side. they got a bad lineup. I mean, it's awful. I, I saw a graphic the other day on, on, uh, on Twitter talking about how Jacoby Ellsbury is not good enough to crack the all-injured lineup. He's not even the third. Is he best. healthy? No, he, he's injured. What oh. I'm saying is he's injured, but he's not like the third. He's not the first, <laughs> second, or third best outfielder that's injured. <laughs> he can't they even do have lineup. so many injuries. Like, it, it's crazy. It's really, really, really bad. Do they uh, have nine guys that are hurt? Like, they're an injured team. Oh, yeah. So, they're they're above nine dudes that are dead. Sanchez, Andohar, Diddy Gregorius is out. He's out for, the, like, half the year with, like, a Tommy John. A, uh, I was going to say Giannis. Uh, uh, Stanton's out, of course. Judge is out. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a guy or two. Bird is out. Uh, that's, like, eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It, it's yeah, a long... like, Tulo. They just picked up Tulo. I know he's not great, but he's out. Like, Ah, it's crazy. That's why I like you said you said you like Harvey, and I get why you like Harvey. But yeah. if you're playing Harvey, like, don't you think oh, I have the money to play really good pitcher, oh, the better pitchers, yeah, and, and cores? If you're playing Harvey, can't you just play them with cores because you're embracing the, the I assume fairly low ownership of Harvey? So this is why I love baseball, though, and this is why you can win tournaments multiple times a year in baseball. Because everyone that plays Harvey is just going to play cores. It's the same thing, whereas I'll just play the bats I kind of want or I'll leave salary. I have no issue whatsoever leaving salary in baseball. Like It's not like basketball. If you can yeah. leave it, then leave it. Like That doesn't mean anything. I'd rather have a 3% owned, whoever it is, over a 25% owned McMahon, Ryan McMahon at 25 30%. Like, <laughs> there's just no way. And, and another thing about this slate, you kind of said it in the beginning, but just going by the bat projections, Cardi's projections, which I love for pitching the most, his top-rated pitcher as far as points is Flaherty at 19.88. And then you can go down two, four, like 10 deep, and the guy's at Mike Miner at 13. So you're talking a range from 13 to 19. I mean, yeah. there's no upside today for pitcher, really. So I just don't think salary means much. If I play a guy like Harvey, I just would never stack it with cores. I mean, sure, if you love one bat, like you want to play Blackman or whoever, one guy, then do it. But I would never play the full stack with cheap pitchers. You just can't win. You, you can gotta, get in cash. You got to have, like, one goofy, like, you know, yeah. one off or at least or something like that. Who's got to go off? Yep. And that, that guy is so much more valuable to your team than everybody else. Um, what is Washington going to be owned on this slate? Well, like it's uh, a lefty that can get killed at times. I've not seen the lineup, but according to chat, can I confirm this? Out. I got it right here. Anthony Rendon, who I believe he got hit the other day. Uh, he's not in the lineup again. He's And again, uh, uh, D-Train set up an Anthony Rendon picture. Feel free to put him up there now if you want. 
Uh, I liked him a lot. I thought he was a you great. You said Rendon and Sale. That's why, yeah, that's my point. Well, is Rendon like the chalk? Because the third base is a tough call because, you know, we'll, we'll obviously go around the horn in a second. But uh, It's not know. a tough call for me. My favorite guy's at third base. Okay, well, is it, your guy's probably, is it Bregman or no? Because you should be oh, it's the Mr. Mankata. Yeah, and th- that's off the That's a little off the board, and he's a great play. A great play. He just murders bad righties, and, like, he's going to hit a bomb for sure. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I've, t- I've heard people talk about playing David Hess today because uh, the, kind of to your point of, well, pitchers don't really matter today because they're all kind of sort of congested. Now, I'd imagine Hess is probably not projected for 13 fantasy points. He's probably below that. But uh, in theory, I guess he can survive. I don't, is, Tony, is Tony frozen on me? I feel like Tony's frozen. Okay, I thought I was talking to myself there for a second. Uh, all right, and I am talking to myself. Uh, as far as... If he continue, if we go forward as far as the pitchers, the reason why, well, my, my favorite pitcher on the slate today, and it's I guess you can say it's by default or however you want to say it, but it is Joe Musgrove against an Arizona team. It's not particularly you know positive at hitting the baseball. They're not a, a power threat in any way. It's, it's a good ballpark. Musgrove's got a good K rate. If I fire up the old plate IQ as far as Arizona, let's see, 22.7% as far as the K rate collectively on this team. Walker, of course, strikes out a ton. He's got plenty of pop as well. But uh, as T was saying, it's just the, you know, by default, it's Joe Musgrove was my favorite pitcher. Okay. And Flaherty, surprisingly, has that high uh, projection. That's because he does have a nice K rate, sure. But Milwaukee's pretty scary, too. Of course, they're not at home in Milwaukee, which uh, they're on the road in St. Louis where, you know, the, the conditions are more neutral, I suppose. But you can look at, hey, we can take a look at the weather tool and see what that says as far as the weather. Because I, I know something popped in that as far as, yeah, really interesting. Well, maybe we'll show that later. I'll say it right now because I'm all by myself. Sure, why not? Uh, Milwaukee, St. Louis, according to Ross Weather Tool, uh, based on 27 games that have match uh, that match the current conditions today, uh, I don't know if it's a big enough sample size or not. We'll have to consult Cardi on that. But 36.3% uh, upgrade as far as expected homers, 10.1% upgrade as far as expected runs. Uh, and a upgrade of 7.9% to the ERA. So uh, if Flaherty is the – I just – I see a lot of volatility there. I can see him get a – certainly he can get some Ks. He's a good K pitcher. If I fire up the uh, the Milwaukee lineup today, as far as who Flaherty is facing, let's see. Thames uh, is nice to see in there. Of course, plenty of pop, but he's willing to strike out a, a fair bit. Uh, you got Aaron Perez and RCA who strike out a fair bit as well. Collectively, 23.8%. Of course, located at the top, doesn't really strike out. Yelich always does his homer. Contrary to belief, that's not true. He actually does strike out 20.4%. That is surprising, huh? That's 2018, 2019 numbers. Yelich, by the way, fun fact. I don't know if it's a fun fact, but it's a fact. He uh, All his homers this year have been at home. I think it's like 14 home games, like nine on the road. Um, and his homer in the fly ball rate is still around 40%, which is completely insane. That's insane. And they say it's not sustainable, but like his homer in the fly ball rate last year, he led the league at like 35%. <sighs> yeah. I mean, well, I'm getting flashbacks to Yelich being on my once favorite team, but I will, I will uh, fall back to other pitching options. You got a roster two of these dudes. You got a roster two on DK. You got a roster two uh, on the sponsor fantasy draft. And well, Yanni Chirinos, a guy we kept trying to guess and figure out what is this dude going to pitch? Well, it turns out it looks like he's scheduled to start, which is kind of weird. Yeah, but doesn't really do that. Usually they have the, the opener and he comes in, or their opener with their beaks like character would come in in the second or third inning. 
he's going to draw the start as far as I can tell. That's the projection. Uh, hold on. Do we have a second cancellation? Oh, no, nope, never mind. I'm just taking a look at a slate and I, something threw me off. But nonetheless, um, yeah, Chirinos. I think we play him as an SB2. As far as my favorite SB2, it's Chirinos or it's Musgrove. Uh, I don't love either one. They're both perfectly fine. Uh, as far as the bat, I can go ahead and pull that up. But I would imagine those are two of the guys that are projected for around 17, 18, 19 fantasy points. I'm hearing somebody lurking. Is that big T in my ear? That's never happened to me on any show. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. The whole, my whole like office power went off. It was crazy. Thanks for coming back. I was just <laughs> rambling, and I don't even know what I was saying half the time. To be perfectly honest, but I don't. I couldn't believe it. Like it just went off, and that's never happened in however long I've done these shows. <laughs> so, um, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of sort of powering through. I was getting to SP two, and I know you like Harvey as a tournament play. Obviously, um, I sort of touched on you know the reason why. You know, well, Flaherty kind of passed sort of by. I think he's interesting for tournaments. Uh, you can certainly pay that. He's the most expensive pitcher in the slate. Arietta's got an egregious price. I'm not playing Jake Arietta. That's kind of, we talked about the, the Yankees being laundry. Arietta's just a name brand. He's just not the guy he once was. Um, as far as your SP2, for me, it's probably between Peacock. Uh, and I, again, I have Musgrove as my SP1. Between Peacock and Chirinos, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Yeah, I, I think it's Chirinos for me just looking at, at the numbers. It's nice having a guy. You, you can never trust Tampa Bay, but it, it's sure nice having him at least in the starting lineup to where we know he's at least going to pitch 70, 80 pitches if he's decent. He's, he's nice and cheap. The problem with Chirinos, though, that I have is he's so close in price to Musgrove that I have a hard time playing him over Musgrove. And I, if the weather's decent, we don't know about Philly still, right? Yeah, Roth updated about an hour ago or so, and he has it currently at yellow orange. So yeah, you gotta you gotta stay tuned for crunch time for that. Yeah, so I mean, I like Matts, but you probably you probably can't go to him if if the weather's like that. So yeah, I mean Hess though. So back to Hess, like <laughs> I don't completely hate him. I, I love the White Sox. Like the White Sox are my team today. But I don't hate Hess. Like, if I was playing – just say I'm playing 100 teams. I might even play 100 teams tonight on DK. Oh. How this slate is. I, I like mixing these pitchers with some hitters. But if I'm not playing White Sox, I kind of like Hess. You can't really – you don't really need to play him with Harvey unless you just want to play, like, every single big bat, which I don't think you really need to do. But I think I'll have Hess or Harvey on almost every team just as my cheap guy, like my SP2. I think Hess gets like, I don't know. I think he gets like either 15 or like negative 15. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, like, I don't believe me. I'm not like selling him like he's some stud, but he's 4.8K on DK against a White Sox team that strikes out. And I mean, believe me, I love the White Sox. So, this is just baseball in a nutshell for you. Like, I love the White Sox, but I kind of love Hess too if they don't get it going. I think it's one way or the other. Yeah, and the lineup builder. If I had one lineup, I wouldn't play Hess for the record. Like, if I'm playing one team, it's going to be Harvey and probably Musgrove or somebody better. But if I'm playing 100 teams like I, like I could tonight, I'd probably play, I don't know, 20 to 30% Hess. So you wouldn't play Hess and Harvey together, right? Though so that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I might, if I was playing a ton of teams, maybe you play one and you just get, like, five good Rockies bats and, like, three <laughs> – your other three favorite bats, your other three randoms or something. I, I don't hate it. Like, whatever. 
Yeah, as far as, you know, speaking to Hess, you know, he's not a good K pitcher, obviously. Uh, last year and this year combined, 16.5% strikeouts, which is well below league average. But like you said, the, this White Sox team strikes out uh, with 24.6%. Cordell, you know, it's a small sample size, but he's been striking out a ton. You like Mancata, but when he's not smashing, he's striking out a fair bit, 32.6% getting back to last year. Garcia. They all are, aren't they? Like, don't the White Sox strike out, like, so much. The exception is uh, the guys that don't strike out are Abreu, Alonzo, and Sanchez. And those guys strike out between 19 and 20%. So, yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of strikeout dudes. Uh, it could definitely go the wrong way, uh, which I, 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 I'm more likely to roster, like, White Sox and Hess, but I hear you. For sure. Like, yeah. even if I was playing, like, 10 teams, I'd probably only have one or two. Like, Hess is bad. That's probably is going to get lit up. It's just that price point more than anything. And Chicago's locked in for nine innings, and uh, that bullpen's not very good. We saw Chris Davis pitch on the pitch of the bullpen again. Remember that a couple of years ago where he got a save or a win? I don't know if you remember that for yeah. DFS. I think he was like 0 for 9. Is this, he's like 0 for 9 in the game or 0 for 8 in the game, and he got like the save or the win at the end. Maybe the save. Weird game. Somebody looked that up there. The uh, Give somebody a task out there. I played Chris Davis yesterday. That was fun. <laughs> How did that go? I didn't. I'm talking about the Baltimore Chris Davis that you're talking about. Well, yeah, I'm t- yeah, the Baltimore Chris Davis. He was he was cheap, so I needed him in there, and yeah, he got me a zero. So that's about what I expected. <laughs> uh, I see Bobby and Chad talking about Godly. I think Godly's fine. You know, he's in the mix for me. Anybody? You have a thought as far as Godly? Anybody else that you want to talk about as far as pitchers? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't hate – I don't really hate any pitchers in the middle. Like, I kind of like when you were talking about it. I Seriously, that's why I want to play 100 teams, I think, tonight is all these pitchers in this mid-range are pretty similar to me. Like, I'm besides the obvious ones and bad matchups, but the Godleys and, I mean, even the, this dude from the White Sox, all these – all these mid-range guys, I think, get somewhere between ten and twenty. Like, I just you, don't. You can't pitch the dude in the White Sox. He's uh, is he's not stretched out. He's probably go about three innings or so. So cross him off your list. Yeah, but I mean, you, yeah. come on, you're not, you're not, you're hoping for like the ninety-nine percentile outcome of like three. Innings. No, again, though, it's like it's the hundred teams example. Like, if I play him and he gets three or four innings and gets me fourteen points, like that's fine. Okay. <laughs> He's playing Baltimore. Like, look at this lineup he's facing. I just don't see a route to getting 14 points. He's not going to pitch that long. He might throw three-ish innings. Yeah, I mean, why can't he get 14 in three innings? Like, he can't get a win. He's, like, he's going to strike out well, He's side. definitely not going to get a win because he's not going five innings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I don't know why I'm even selling myself. I don't even yeah. like so so, I don't, Take him out of your I mean, lineup. I'm not dying on this hill. Take him out of your lineup, Bill. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's not that much more for like the Musgroves and the Peacocks of the world. Hey, you're Peacocks, right, like him at 7k on there is like kind of, yeah, that, that's pretty that's bad. Yeah, I don't think you can do it. Um, yeah, anything, uh, Musgrove might only throw 90 pitches for what it's worth. Uh, Noah Studio, no, no, uh, no, La Tortuga is not playing today, which is a nice positive there. You don't want to face that guy, he just never strikes out. Um, yeah, all right, you, you want to go around the horn as far as hitters, yeah. Give me your favorite catchers. So catcher, I mean, we say it every single day, but it's either going to be whatever stack you like or like the values. And tonight, you don't really need the values because there's no pitching. So, I mean, there's cores, so you can still punt a bat. But all all these other guys kind of in the mid-range are similar to me. I think I like Kevin Smith. 
decent amount. He's thirty one hundred. He's in the five hole, which is nice. I know Hap's decent, but it's catcher, and I like Kevin Smith against lefties. He's one of those guys I like against lefties. I obviously like McCann against against Baltimore. If I like the White Sox, those are two of my guys. And then Jan Gomes, if you're spending up, is my my like spend up catcher. Even though I, it's hard for me to pay forty two hundred for Jan Gomes at, at catcher, <laughs> but if I if I had the money, but you have the money though. It's yeah. not that hard to find it. Yeah, I mean, if I have the money, then he's definitely the spend up for me. But of course, you don't have to play a catcher on Fanduel. You don't have to play a catcher on Fantasy Draft. You can. Uh, I think Chirinos is kind of interesting. I hate that he's buried in the nine hole. That's obviously not positive, but we know about Odorizzi. He's kind of a neutral slash, you know, reverse splits pitcher, fly ball pitcher. Uh, you know, Chirinos might be losing that bat. Depending on how well the Astros go, it's possible he only gets three ABs. If the Astros win this game like 4-2 or so, he probably only gets three. But if they put up like seven or eight runs or so, he probably gets his fourth AB. Uh, don't mind him. Certainly uh, more so probably the staff. You can't, pay a fr- you can't play Chirinos in the nine hole as – I mean, he's going to be – he might even be owned, too, a little bit. Is he? I mean, for Houston, it's it's cores in Houston. Everyone's going to play. Torinos is like a name that people like. Is it? Is he kind of a popular guy as far as catching? Yeah, I guess. too. Like, oh. I mean, he's going to be less than 10% owned. I mean, I, I think he'll be higher. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to be much higher, so it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, 10%. Um, Real Muto, I don't mind, versus Matt. It's worth noting if that game goes Matt's. Uh, he's most vulnerable to stolen bases. So get your stolen base guys against Matt's for sure. Uh, he's definitely interesting. Uh, other catchers are just sort of – Zanino's back from a baby if you want to play that narrative. He's got a kid, so maybe that'll help him bang out a homer. I have no idea. Mostly there's probably no correlation to that. It's kind of making that up. Let's jump to first because first is a pretty interesting. Is Zerman in there? Yes, Zerman cracked the, you know, the lineup there for Washington pick on Tyler Anderson. Uh, you got the – I was going to say McMahon, but if Grant's in the chat, it's Mahan. McMahon, I'm not sure. I heard him that. say that the other day. That was amazing. <laughs> he wasn't, like, screwing around, was he? He's like, no, he wasn't screwing And I'm like, what? Yeah, that, he was definitely not screwing around. That was that was beautiful. Mark Reynolds in there with us. He's, he's still got some pop at his old age. Uh, Thames, of course, is plenty of pop there against Flaherty. You got Reese against Mats. But uh, I think Abreu is probably, you know, Yonder and Abreu pretty interesting there. Picking on Hess in that bullpen, positive ballpark jump. Uh, there's a lot of options at first, but not one that's like the clear, obvious one for me. Probably Zimmerman. Well, where are you at? Yeah, I mean, for me, I like the White Sox. So it's Abreu and Alonzo for me. And I like Alonzo more than Abreu just because I think more people will play Abreu. I like the splits for Alonzo. I don't know. I just like Alonzo better. I mean, if I again back to the hundred teams, but I'd probably play. I don't know, seventy percent Alonzo, thirty Abreu or something. If I was between the two of them. Yeah, don't mind Goldie today. We talked about. I'm not sure if you could hear me when your power. I guess you couldn't hear me when your power. Went, so that's not no, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't jump like and pull up your phone and say, "I can't miss a word of the flagship." No, I wrote to Devo and and said that I'm I'm out of commission. Yeah, so I uh, I fired up a Ross Weather Tool. And again, this is just a 27-game sample size, but given the current conditions in St. Louis, 36.3% upgrade as far as homers. Uh, why not pick on the rookie there for Milwaukee? Uh, you know, Goldie, certainly interesting there. I know we like him the Toro versus lefties, but yeah. he can bang it off versus anybody. Well, I like that call tonight, too, because we said you got Coors, you got you – got- uh, Houston so you get you get away from that with a guy like Goldie spending up like no one wants to spend up somewhere else 
I, I like this good call. I like that call. Well, that's the other thing is there's a lot of good stops along the way before you get to Goldie. Goldie's a 5K. I think he's like 10K in fantasy draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Zerman, I think, is a good stop. You talk about Abreu is a good stop. You, you know, there's a lot of places where you can just it say, okay. It's an interesting team. I might put one team in right now where it's just those two cheap guys, that Hess and, and Harvey, and just pick my favorite non-stack team, like Goldsman at first, and, it, and even Mankata at second, even though it's against my pitcher. Just play the best eight bats or, uh, you know, on the slate. Not necessarily the best eight. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, they don't have to just, you know, just, just see how that works out. I do that every once in a while, just for fun. And, and it never uh, wins. <laughs> but Well, look, I know stacking is optimal. It, it's a, you know, an ideal. There's a, you know, there's a correlation. I totally get that. But yeah. if a lot of people are doing it, everybody else knows that too. And, yeah. you know, you can absolutely win a slate with like a three, three, two. Like that's not something that's like. That's stacking though. Okay. You can win a slate with like a three, two, two. One one is that right, Matt? Are you gonna win a slate though with a two two one 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 one? Well, here's the thing. Like in theory, at the end of the night, if you pull up the optimal lineup, there's there's gonna be three different guys on three different teams that have like multiple home runs, right? More or less. Like yeah. if, you're not gonna do that when you're stacking four four. That's you just can't have all three of those guys. But of yeah. course, picking those three guys is really 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 hard. And you're probably you know it's much easier than the slate. I just play this guy, this guy, and this guy in three different teams. You're well underway. Uh, Keystone position, second base. What do you have for me? So, yeah, so second base is a, a lot of different guys, but my favorite, I, I was waiting to see this Washington lineup because I always love Brian Dozier against lefties. And we got another guy that I've always loved against lefties, Howie Kendrick, in the same game. Oh. I know Washington is popular, but man, I, no one's going to play Dozier with Kendrick in the four hole, first of all. I mean, Dozier's 4,300 hitting seventh. He's just an incredible play tonight. I love everything about Dozier at course. I love Howie, too, though. I wish they were different positions because they're my two favorite Washington bats and they're the same position. I should say, I see Bobby in the chat saying, why is no one playing Hap? And, like, I didn't mean to disregard Hap. I think Hap's in play, actually. The Angels yeah. are pretty dreadful. It's it's Mike, Hap, Mike Trout and, like, his eight best friend, basically. Yeah. It's a terrible, Hap's terrible in play. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely somebody that, that should be in your MME pool. And uh, even if I'm making like five or six lineups, he might crack one of those. Yeah. Where, where are these guys playing? I'm trying to figure. Oh, Kendrick must be playing third base. As far as You're actually. asking the wrong guy for that. <laughs> I don't know. I, it out. Kendrick might be playing in the outfield even. He's not because it's got to be Eaton and Robles and Soto in the outfield. I thought that too. But yeah. I think I think Kendrick might physically. He be, could be playing first or something too. I mean, where I don't well, even Zer- know. has got to be at first. Yeah, Zimmerman at first. Yeah, um, I'm just kind of curious. I was just curious. Dozier has to be playing second. So, yeah, I mean, Howie's got to be playing, what, third? Rendon, third base. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Jose, yeah, El Tuve versus Odorizzi, you know, for sure. Odorizzi, in theory, should go, but, uh, you know, he gives up fly balls, and he's a verse blitzy. So, you know, all these power readies for Houston. Houston just goes off every single day, too. Like, I keep playing them, too. I've had them, like, almost every day. It's hurting me not to play them tonight, but I think they're kind of bad tonight. They're just – they're going to be too chalky. Uh, Lurie Garcia is leading off for, for the White Sox. He's expensive for what it's worth for Lurie Garcia. It's nice that he's second base eligible, though. Yeah, yeah, that is that. That's a good call. Uh, I, I don't mind. Jonathan he's expensive, Villar. but man, he he's a good play. Uh, I don't mind VR in the same game on the other side. Cano, there's no Mets lineup just yet. I'm gonna guess it's because of Cano. Uh, I think he's questionable. I he I think he got hit in the wrist. He's dealing with an injury. Uh, I would expect that he's not playing today. But 
We shall see. He's he's got an amazing price if he does play. Why does he keep getting cheaper? I don't. There's certain guys that just don't work in the uh, the algorithm. Like Cano's one of those guys, like Shinsu Chu, for whatever reason, with no respect in the algorithm. Cano's three point three k though, and he keeps having good games. Yeah, I, again, he I for seventeen, and he got cheaper. I can't uh, I can't explain it. I just don't think he play. He's six six on fantasy draft, which is just that's just silly. Uh, but again, I, I don't think he plays. Stay tuned. Uh, let's jump to third base, hot corner. That's the interesting conversation. Where we're going to throw him out. You like Mancata, but of course, uh, you know, third base, you got Nolan Arenado, Burn versus lefties, obviously, but it's in, in its sports field. It's against Hellboy. Hellboy's not particularly good, not threatening. And then you got Bregman, another guy, another power righty against, you know, neutral to reverse splitsy fly ball, Jake Odorizzi with the old Crawford boxes lurking in Houston. Uh, you've already you've already kind of planted your flag. Your guys, uh, uh, who's your favorite third baseman? Did you not say this? I feel like you did. Yeah, Mancata. Yeah, yeah. Like I always, the way I play baseball, I always want. Even if I play multiple teams, I want at least a couple guys that I'm basically all in on, just to where if they hit a bomb or have a big game, I got a good chance that night. And Mancata is one of my guys tonight. Like I just, I love that he's third base because exactly what you said, Arenado, Bragman. I thought Rendon would be in there, but Basically, all the big guys are at third base, so Mankata kind of sneaks through a little bit. Even Carpenter is cheap at third base. People will play him a little. I just – yeah, you got Chapman, too, at a cheap price against a lefty. Mankata is going to be just way too low-owned. I know you're into guys that uh, – you're into hot streaks, but Travis Shaw is 3K on DK. Yeah. He's Why is five, he 3K anyway? Well, he's, been, he's been terrible. He's 5-4 he's on fantasy draft. Oh, God, I just looked at him. He's got all kinds of zeros in a row. He's, yeah, he's been terrible. He's, How could you possibly play a guy like that? <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys I like to kind of look at the, uh, oh. you know, the, the uh, how hard they're hitting the ball and things like that, the stack has stuff. I meant to dig into him before the show, but I did not pull it up. I'm curious. These are the guys I just love. Like, uh, like I love when people play him and start saying, like, I just don't get it. Well, he, I, don't some people say he's due. He's not due. Uh, some people don't believe in hot and cold streaks too. Like, oh god, this guy's got like eight zeros in a row. I just pulled it up at the fly out of curiosity. I want to see just kind of a quick peek. Uh, exit velocity last year eighty eight point four miles per hour. So from two thousand fifteen to two thousand eighteen, his exit velocity has been every single year between eighty eight point four miles per hour and eighty eight point six miles per hour off the bat. So far this year, his exit velocity eighty eight point four miles per hour. So he's hit the ball exactly as hard as he's been his entire career. Is he just uh, missing it? Barrel percentage is 4.3%. So his barrels <laughs> are down for what it's worth. Yeah, the X Woba is uh, 233. I'm sorry. Uh, the Woba is 233 and the X Woba is 254. Uh, he's, of course, striking out too much as well 31%. All right. Yeah, I mean, look. I just could never play a guy. It's just what, against what I believe in, but I could never play a guy with that many zeros in a row. I just couldn't do it. I was rambling too much by myself, so we're, we're kind of running behind in schedule. Let's let's jump and uh, knock out some shortstops, knock out some outfielders. We'll take a quick peek, a little screen share as far as the premium. Again, uh, if you guys aren't aware, free, free premium week here at RG. We're giving away Tuttle's article for free and the premium filters, which we're going to show uh, momentarily once we knock out shortstops. What do you have for me at shortstop? I know the uber, uber, uber chalk today is going to be one Trevor story, correct? Yeah, I mean, at Coors, he has to be on this slate. But the opposite end of your boy who we were just talking about, who's the scrub that we were just talking about with all the zeros? Yeah, the opposite end is my boy Timmy Anderson, bat flipping, he's just crushing. Like, 
He's so good. His price is way up now. He's the same price as Story almost. Mm-hmm. But he's on my favorite stack. He's on fire. He's in a perfect stadium. Basically, he checks every box I want. And it, no one's going to play. Or, I mean, I shouldn't say no one's going to play him. People are going to play him. He's, a, he's in a good spot. But And you got money for it. Like, the, yeah. the very I mean, I just don't. Like, normal people are not going to play Tim Anderson over Story at the same price. So Correct. And you got – where's uh, – is Correa not in the lineup? Uh, oh, there he is. Batten fit. 300. So, yeah. I mean, people are going to play Correa cheaper. They're going to play Story. They're going to play Simeon for cheap. Just give me Tim Anderson. Like, he's kind of like my Mankata. These are my two White Sox that are clearly above the rest of the White Sox. I just – I'm all about him. I love him tonight. I like Defoe a little bit. I wish he wasn't buried the nine hole hitting after the pitcher. Washington keeps doing it. They finally I like those plays at cores, though. Those are the type of cores plays I like where you can wrap around a little bit. Like, no one is going to play Defoe in the nine hole. He's going to get a triple, too, isn't he? This ballpark's, like, made for him. I think Defoe's a really good play tonight, actually. Like, really good. I mean, no one's going to play him. It's uh, You'd rather have him in the nine than the eight right behind the pitcher. I, yeah, I, I guess I that's like true. Him. Yeah, of course you'd, you'd much yeah, rather have I, him. I know, yeah, yeah, you're right. But and maybe really, the pitcher bunts the guys over to second and third in front of you, and then you got him coming up. Like, you got a lot of options. Marcus Sunny is also a little bit too cheap there with the, uh, yeah. against Mike Miner. We didn't mention Mike Miner. Miner's like, been good, man. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's, he just again, won a he's, complete game the last game, didn't he? Or was that two games ago? Did he? He threw a complete game. I must have missed that. Complete game shutout, I think. He completely mowed some team. Uh, that was his last time out versus the uh, versus the Angels, and somehow I just missed that start. But I, I know he pitched well. But I, really I think I stacked the Angels that night. That's how I know. <laughs> he <laughs> destroyed me. Uh, let's j- start loading up some questions in chat too. Again, we got about twelve minutes before we step aside and get out of here. We're a little bit behind. Let's knock out the outfielders. And again, I don't know how much you need, uh, you know, value or you need cheap guys in the outfield. And there's a certain value to the position because. The outfield is loaded with Blackman and Dahl and Chris Davis and Trout and all the uh, Washington guys. But for some reason, Stephen Piscotty, you see his price? Yeah, I mean, 30, was he 3,300 or something, right? Yeah, he's 3,300 on, on DK. Piscotty on a, is 6'5 on base draft. Like, if you need the salary savings, we just talked about Miner being perfectly fine, but that just seems too cheap. Uh, I just, these are the plays, though, like, I just can't make. Like, we have all the money in the world. These are the plays I like to make when we play Max Scherzer, like come and play Piscotti at a, at a cheap price in the outfield. But on a slate where we have the salary, like you really want to play Piscotti in an outfield when you got just all the heroes in the outfield? If I'm spending up in the infield and I'm like, you know, doubling up on like elite arms or as elite as you can get for this slate, I'm okay with it. But it, again, the prices almost don't matter today. Is that yeah. They don't unless you play. Yeah. If you pay up for both pitchers, they do, but – I don't see why you wouldn't want to play a guy like Harvey. I mean, just the way I'm doing it. I mean, I don't know. Like, the Yankees lineup is so bad that Harvey just gives you so much savings. And Hess, if you don't like Harvey, play Hess or whatever. I don't know. Like, you really need to spend up on two pitchers tonight? Uh, I don't think you need to, but I think you can, and it doesn't really hurt your bats too much. I don't think it's going to be the winner, put it that way. Like, I don't – I think you need big bats tonight. There's so many good offensive spots out there. Just kind of throwing something together. Let me see. And it's basically comparable on fantasy draft. I'm on DK right now. So you have Musgrove and Odorizzi, uh, and you got your, you have an average of 4.3 per stick. 
So you can. Yeah, that's not going to be enough, though. You need to some of these big dogs in there. You can't get all the five big Travis Shaw. <laughs> Travis Shaw, he's been bad for sure. Three uh, K is cheap, though. You can grab yourself a cheap catcher and, and Travis Shaw, and you're on your way. Um, I use that move a lot, seriously. Like I, whoever the Texas catcher is, that's always twenty four hundred on DK, that never scores, but he's at least in there. Whatever his name is. It's not Kelly. Uh, well, uh, yeah. What is his name? I've played him a few times. I don't think he's ever. Jeff Mathis. Oh, like, yeah, he's terrible. Yeah. He never scores, but he's 2,400. And, like, catcher, if no catchers go off, you're you're all right. And it gives you all the savings. I use that a lot. But, again, I don't think it's the right slate to, to save on these things. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a little screen share here, Tony. Uh, feel free to play along at home. I'm going to – you know, we're going to do uh, – you know, we talked about the premium – uh, the premium filters, which I'm going to show here in a second. I do want to take a peek as far as let's give you all the, the plate IQ premium score. Uh, do you know who the number one player that the plate IQ premium score? It's like a matchup score. Who's the number one guy, Tony? It's your guy. You know who it is? Mancada, probably. It's Mancada. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's just, there's no way he's not smashing. These White Sox are popping. One, two, three. Oh, Mancada, Alonzo, Rayo are one, two, three as far as. Who's the second uh, one? Alonzo, you can't play well. You can, on fantasy draft, you can play Alonzo and Abreu together. You can't do it on DK. Can you play six it. dudes on fantasy draft too? I think it's five. I want to say it's five, but I could six be wrong. On Yahoo. I think it's six on Yahoo. I think it's five on fantasy draft. Four everywhere. Well, no, five on DK. I think it's five. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so just kind of thought that. Well, was in a really good spot tonight. I, I feel good about it. As far as the core plays, look at this. Your your best friend. Uh. You know, somebody who I respect more than anybody else in the industry. As core plays, he's got Blackman. We like him, of course. I mean, we kind of, do you mention him? But of course, like, that's obvious. This is their first day of. Uh, is Blackman a good play today? Yeah, I think so. He's hot too, by the way. <laughs> you get that walk off, and now all of a sudden he's been on fire. Ryan Zerriman, and he's got Stephen Piscotti as a core play because of the price. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, one yeah, notorious. Disagree with any of those. Derek Favors, neighbor. Uh, the tor- I don't know. I'm just picking a guy from Utah. I assume he lives in Salt Lake. I have no clue where he lives in Utah, but uh, his cash game pool consists of, again, this is all free. You guys can take a look at this. Uh, we're giving this away today. Uh, Abreu, Blackman, Cano, again, make sure he's in the lineup, obviously. Dahl, uh, Namo, uh, Correa, Piscotti, again, Simeon, Carpenter, and Joey Wendell, uh, who was supposed to be leading off, but he's batting like sixth or so, so downgrade him a tick. Uh, Mr. Tuttle, of course, wrote his premium article, which is free as well. Uh, this is his tournament, guys. He likes McCutcheon. He likes Hoskins. I guess he likes the Phillies. Conforto, Bregman, Namo, Springer, JT Romuto spending up there a catcher. Trout, because is Trout going to get a little bit lost in the slate? Just a little bit? Enough? Yeah, I mean, he definitely will. He can't be owned on this slate. It's not possible. There's Goldie as well. Oh, he's got Travis Shaw there too. <laughs> in his tournament pool. And he's cheap. He's super, super cheap. I think he's I mean, he's a he's a bad play tonight. I think. <laughs> well, he, he's not going to go over the season. Like eventually, he's going to get a hit. And I mean, he's facing one of the better pitchers on the slate. He hasn't got a hit in two weeks. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to use that. The pricing though, and he's at third base. Like, there's going to be a guy hit two bombs at third base. If you trust Ross the weather tool, it's 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 leaning towards that game going over as far as runs. So whatever that's worth, you got to hit the ball first, right? He's like not hitting the ball which is kind of an issue. And Flaherty is, a, you know, one of the better pitchers taking the bump, of course, tonight. Let's jump out of this. Let's give our, our favorite stacks. Uh, who's going yard tonight? Knock out some questions from chat. And we'll step out of here and hand it over to Crunch Time, which is one cheese is good. 
and Roth, who I would imagine would give you an update as far as what's going down weather-wise in the New York-Philadelphia game. Uh, your favorite stacks tonight are who? Yeah, I mean, I'm going super overweight on the White Sox, like I said. And really, besides that, I don't necessarily like anyone else. I kind of like a few Washington guys. I like a few Angels for cheap. But I don't like the full stacks in either one of them. It's just the White Sox for me. I'm being told in chat that Wendell's cleanup. I don't know why I thought Wendell was down lower than cleanup. But, yeah, Joey Wendell, cleanup hitter. There you go. So, and he's super cheap. But, again, we keep talking about how salary doesn't matter a bunch. Uh, Keller's an interesting pitcher where he's not very good, but he doesn't give up a ton of power. He doesn't give up a ton of homers. And, of course, he's not a homer decent park. this year. I mean, he hasn't been bad. Who is the guy, you know, exhibit A for the ball being juiced is uh, – I think you called this, y'all, like one of your goofy calls. Yeah, <laughs> <Tommy> go ahead. <laughs> this is your homework call. So this is leading into it, but raise the There's bar. Double dongs now. So if you need exhibit A for the ball being juiced, Tommy Lastella, uh, a dude's 30 years old. He's, he has 10 career homers coming into the season. Has two – he has multiple double dong games so far this year in three weeks. So Yeah. I've always liked him when he played for the Cubs and he'd face bad righties. Like, I always played him against bad righties. Give me a, give, give me three dudes that are going to homer tonight. Feel free to raise the bar of Tommy LaStella. <laughs> that was a good – that was one of the better ones that day. You can't really beat that. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, uh, Mankata up top. We got – how much is uh, Timmy Anderson's expensive? Let me, let me go off the board here. Let's get – my boy Dozier, I, I got to play my boy Dozier in my dongs. I, I love him tonight. And a cheap one, man, I don't I don't like too many cheap Give me hitters. anything else. Does it be, so, you can give me two mediums. Salary doesn't matter. I mean, my two favorite guys are, are Anderson and Mikata. So give me those two and then Dozier. All right. Got about four or five minutes for the chat. Unfortunately, I apologize. We didn't give you all enough time today because we were rambling. I was rambling uh, by myself for a while there. Uh, your favorite third baseman on the slate, T, that's, uh, that's Mikata, correct? Yeah, my favorite play on the slate. If I play 100 teams, I'll probably have 100 in Mankata. I love this question, cash game locks. Like, there's no such thing as a lock. But, like, if you're not playing – you're playing Blackman in your cash game. Like, you're just doing that. Like, you just have to do that. I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, that's what – in tournaments, like, you should fade plays like that. But in cash, it's the opposite. Like, you just just play Blackman. Yeah, I mean, you're they probably – all for the most part, too. Like, play those top guys in that, that spot. Story. I would play Story in cash too. Uh, try your best to get to him, and uh, I think Musgrove is, is the top pitcher in the slate. But that's probably by default. But I like Musgrove. Pretty solid pitcher. Pretty solid K rates. Nice ballpark. Just Arizona ball. The team is not one to be feared. Uh, Trout uh, in cash versus GPP. Like if you have the money for Trout in cash, I'm not going to discourage it. Uh, what, what's your thoughts as far as Trout in uh, in tournaments? Yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> I like Trout, but I can't play him tonight, I don't think. I mean, uh, there's just way too many good plays to, to play Trout. I mean, he's always fine. Play him if you like him, but I, I don't know. Like, I just – I would rather play all these other guys ahead of him. Uh, is Coors really a top GPP stack tonight? Like, yeah. That's always like, a hairy question because it depends on who you're playing with. Like – I don't. If you're playing three, if you stack five Colorado guys and you do it with three chalky guys with it, then I think it is a bad GPP stack. But if you got a few low owned guys somewhere, then I don't think it is. Yeah. So it's, it depends how they're framing that question. Like, is it projected to score the most points? Like in theory, like, sure, I suppose. Um, 
but like like you said, like if you you don't really want to roll out like eight chalky dudes in a tournament. That's probably yeah, not going to. Brett work. always does a good job with, with showing this kind of thing. I don't give Brett credit for much, but <laughs> this he does. Like the slate IQ. Look at the math. Like it's so hard to win a tournament with five Rockies guys. There's just so many combinations coming in there of those guys that you're probably going to min cash more, but you're not going to win the tournament near as much. Yeah, Kevin Nicole is the slate IQ when it kind of speaks to that as well, as far as uh, you know what's how the slate kind of lines up and uh, and also leverage stacks and things of that sort as well. Uh, that will be given away, I believe, on Friday for free if you're not a premium member. Uh, Baltimore or Chicago in a stack? I think we both agree at Chicago. Yeah, I don't hate Baltimore though. Like, I, yeah. they're one of they might be one of the, they might be my sneaky stack of the night actually. Baltimore where. Like you said, this White Sox pitcher is not going to go deep. The bullpen's not great. And none of these guys are going to be high-owned. I mean, I don't even know any of these dudes besides Mancini, Villar. I love Ricard, too, in the one-hole. I actually like Baltimore. I'm glad they asked that because I like Baltimore. Yeah, my issue is the Baltimore guys just aren't very good. They're Um, awful. I like I like VR. I They're like perfect VR. fillers, though, right? Like, if you're stacking somebody, play one or two Baltimore guys as fillers. I'm okay with, like, one through three, I think. <laughs> they like it's really ugly really yeah, fast like say you're at second base and if you play wilkerson like is your last guy like because he's so cheap that it makes your whole team work like i love that play because when he hits a bomb no one has him yeah i mean i guess so i put up the play iq he's got a sample size of 16 at bats and an iso of zero <laughs> i mean his name's steve wilkerson so like wasn't that the guy from the he was the bouncer for the springer show isn't that, wasn't it steve something Something like that. It might have been him. He might have moved on. (laughs) I can't remember. It's some. It's no. That's Steve Wilkos. Never mind. I'm I'm confusing the guys. Nonetheless, Uh, Piscotti versus Jose Martinez. I think both those guys have home run upside for sure. It's a tough call. Uh, Yeah. If you have it, if you're stacking St. Louis, like play Martinez. I I don't think I'm. I like Jose Martinez. I don't like Piscotti all that much tonight. Uh, Pujols versus Hap. I, I have no interest in Pujols. Do you? How could you possibly play Pujols? Something tells me they must have like a long history or something. Somebody's looking at BBP. I'm even if they do, the guy can't even walk. Well, it's a different guy now, obviously. He's got uh, 38 at-bats, 10 hits, two extra base hits and 38 plate appearances, one double and one homer. Um, yeah. How I can't want- imagine playing Pujols ever, like ever. How many more years does Pujols have? But it's like three or four more years of his contract. He signed that ma- massive deal. He's been terrible for like over half the deal. Chris Davis versus Dahl. Crush Davis? I mean, I, I well, like Dahl. The only one that's playing, the dude in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, Dahl for me. I don't like Oakland at all tonight, so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Oakland stack? I don't like Oakland at all. Like, okay, that's what you said, yeah. I'm just reading. Now, I just turned to the Ron Burgundy there for a second. Just reading. Like Mike Miner has been good. I don't like the ballpark. I don't, I don't like anything about Oakland. Uh, one more question before you step aside and get out of here. Have you seen uh, these prices on Oakland? That's why people like it. Like, these prices are outrageously cheap. But it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I, I did it see it. But I think these guys will get some ownership because of it as fillers. Like, you always need one or two cheap guys to make things work. I think some of these guys will get ownership at the top. We're up against the clock, but but tell me this. Uh, stacking the White Sox, don't give me your exact lineup, but who are your favorite pitchers to stack them with? For me, it's Harvey and 
Musgrove, I guess. I mean, I like Torino's too, but it's for sure Harvey. Just just use Harvey as my my kind of guy. <laughs> they say you're supposed to end on a high note, and your your last the last thing you say in the show is Harvey's going to crush tonight. It's for sure Harvey, and Harvey's going to crush tonight. Yeah, he is. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. T, it was fun. Uh, make sure to listen to the Print Factory coming soon. I'm sure there's going to be a full. Well, who knows what's going to happen coming soon? If nothing yeah, else, Game of Thrones edition tomorrow. Oh, that's exciting! It's man, the first two episodes have been amazing. I don't want to say any spoilers, but I I, I love that. Riley so far. doesn't agree because Riley said the writing's terrible. Oh, Riley, RG, Riley. Yeah, I mean it's awful take. Oh, <laughs> Riley, come on, yeah. seriously, I'm gonna come to the office tomorrow just to get new. Yeah. I mean you got to get on him for that. It's just terrible. But that's an egregious take, Riley. Yeah. All right, I don't, I'm speaking to him like he's in the room. He's Big T. Uh, I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. Stay tuned for crunch time with Roth and cheese. We're out of here. Holler.